in brightest day, in blackest night, LanterCast 100 will be out of sight. And I'm Jamie Dunst. And I'm Brian Coates. And I'm not. I mean, I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Jacob Maurer. I'm John Godwin. I'm Rachel H. Langford. <laughs> and I'm Mindy Horn. I'm Dan Kurtzke. I'm Alex Ray Snyder. I'm Chad Volkelman. Hey, Rick. I'm Jacob Maurer. And I'm James Doyle. And I'm Jason Grice. And I'm the boy. And I'm Joe Maxwell. And I'm Mark Marble. I'm Matt. And I'm Sean Pryor. And I'm Corwin. And this is the Lantern Cast, episode one hundred. Okay, Jamie. So, a lot of big news happened uh, with you. Um, let's see. You went to go see Green Lantern in the movie for the first I, time on Saturday. Yes, I did. And you also had some other news that was slightly bigger than that. Yes, I had a baby on <laughs> June eighth. Uh, you know, first our first child, and. Um, you know, it's been almost three weeks, and life's been pretty good, you know. You, uh, joined. you had a son? I had a daughter. You had a daughter? Yes. Okay. Yes. Her so, name's Adina Jessica. Oh, Adina Jessica. Okay, what's the name from? We're not telling one yet. We're waiting until um, we're doing a religious ceremony in Ju- in July, and we'll tell everyone then. Okay. That's Now we're going to have to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> That's my plan. Yeah. That's my plan. (laughs) Okay. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, you know, it it changes everything, you know, but uh, she's been, you know, for the most part, really great, you know, sleeping well for the most part. And, you know, she gets her, as I call it, cranky times. My wife doesn't like it when I say that, but (laughs) she, she, she's been really good. It's been, it's been, uh, it's changes your life for, for the better. Very cool. Yeah, it's very good. And she's got her her first Green Lantern onesie that she'll be growing into soon soon enough. Really? Yeah, I um I won a contest from another podcast and I got um a gift certificate to superherostuff.com. Okay. So I got her Green Lantern onesie. I got her a this Wonder Woman costume onesie. So it has like the Wonder Woman, like, <laughs> like and then like the, the bottom part is like the little like blue underwear with the, with the, with the stars and it has like a little belt painted on. It's really, really cool. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, she's got two Green Lantern onesies, so she'll have it for a while. And, uh, my mother-in-law got me this Supergirl type onesie. It's a pink onesie with like a sparkly S on it. So, She's ready to be in, inducted in, into 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 this geekdom. She's she's a fangirl in in training. Absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, that's funny. I was actually at a a first birthday uh, over the weekend and uh, for for a, a little boy. And when I was you know searching for a, a gift, I was just, I was trying to find anything that you know possibly Green Lantern related for a one right. year old. And I, I did not even think to look online. Uh, I'm telling you, looking, you know, if you go to like the superhero stuff or to like styling online, they have onesies for everything. I mean, especially styling online, there are so many onesies I saw that had to do with, you know, whether it's Green Lantern, they had some really cool Star Trek ones. They had like little onesies with like, 
you know, like the, uh, the, the, for the captain, you know, uniform or, uh, or, you know, science officer, it's, they're really, really great. I mean, that's, it's just amazing what you can find online. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's the wonders of the internet, man. Absolutely. Yes. Now let's, uh, okay. Uh, we should probably let everybody know since this is episode 100, the Green Lantern movie has been out for what's it? Two weeks now. Two weeks. Two weeks. So I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we are free to spoil anything. So if you listen to this episode, know that you will almost certainly hear spoilers for the Green Lantern movie. If you haven't already seen it online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. If you haven't you know, heard the spoilers or seen the movie, you will be spoiled here. That's fair warning. We don't usually give warnings for, for spoilers. But something this big, you know, definitely. If you want to listen to yeah. a non-spoiler review, uh, episode ninety-nine. But uh, yeah, I, I had to see it. Like I was, I, I saw it this past Saturday because I was hearing things all the week. I'm like, no, I'm trying. Don't. I was trying to avoid all sorts of, you know, threads and and whatnot. And it was getting too difficult. And I was like, I need to see it. Need to see it now. Don't want to hear anything else. Got to see it. And yeah, it it was great. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. Okay, so so you did enjoy it. You, you... I loved it. I mean, now granted, I went to the, on the second weekend, and uh, there weren't a lot of people in the theater. Mm-hmm. But the theater, I, but, but the people that were there, I mean, there was one couple that were that was there. It was an older older couple, and I heard them talking about it and how the what guy who was there started reading, you know, Green Lantern when he was little, when he was younger, like, like the Hal Jordan stories, like in like 1959. Right. And then another, another guy, um, brought his son and he kind of like when he left the, the theater, the kid kind of reminded me of how I left the theater when I first saw like Star Wars. Right. Like, really excited. Like, he was ready to, to jump in, you know, go into the toy store and like play with these action, like the action figures and whatnot. He had, so people left being excited. So while there wasn't a, a huge crowd, it was, you know, the people who were there were really excited for the movie. So it was, you know, it's, I, I always feel par on the course. There's not, I mean, we may not be big in numbers, but we're really into, you know, the whole Lantern franchise. So I, I, I was really, I was really pleased with the group I saw it with and, you know, the, you know, the movie itself. I thought it was great. Okay. So now the question is, when your daughter is old enough to start appreciating superhero movies, which will be the first one that you show her? Probably Green Lantern, since I will have that. That would be. I mean, I have a couple on on DVD, but I think I will show her that. Yeah. I, I think it's just it's. I think it's a lot easier story to to get and understand because I mean, you know, you have that whole beginning scene where they. You know, you see in the trailer where it, it talks about what the Green Lantern Corps is. And I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I love that they had that in there because it explains so much of as to what's happening in the story. And, you know, you, you can get you can get into it, whereas, you know, you don't have to, like, kind of try to follow th- as the story goes on. It, it tells you, which is, you know, for this, I think it was really helpful for for people who may not quite understand or know what the Green Lantern's about. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was really good and um, I saw it in three D and I I wasn't 
planning on seeing in 3D because I had saw I saw Thor in 3D. Yeah. And was not a fan of Thor in 3D. There there were there were things about it that seemed really dark and muddy, and I think it had to do with the transference from 3D. Mm-hmm. But when I saw this in 3D, it was so crisp and clear, and the constructs looked amazing, and the scenes in space were fantastic, and I loved it. I thought it was it was really well done in 3D. It was one of the better 3D movies I saw. You know, the the first time I saw it, I, I saw it in 3D, and I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I don't think I don't think it's necessary in the slightest. I don't think 3D itself is necessary. I I just I I enjoyed it in 3D more than I thought I was going to enjoy in 3D. Right. So it's not to say that. I'm a big fan of 3D because I'm not. I just thought it was better than I had a. I was gonna. I was expecting it to be because Thor was not very good in 3D. Um, and uh, I've seen certain movies that were okay in 3D, but you know, to me, 3D is just it's just a fad. So I, I didn't know what to expect to see with all of these computer-generated constructs and all this other stuff in 3D. But I was pleasantly surprised. Not to say that. You know, when I get it, you know, when I see it on DVD and in 2D, it's not going to be just as amazing. It's just I was I wasn't expecting much in 3D, and it went above what I thought what I was hoping for. Right. So. Okay. Um, now switching gears just a little bit because <laughs> uh, we're about to bring in some more people. Sure. Um, we've been going for a hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> how long would you say you've been listening for? I've been listening since the first episode. Oh, wow. So yeah. since episode zero. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm trying and I'm trying to remember how I heard about you guys. Did you I think you might have done like maybe um, a promo for on another maybe on, on CGS or something. I, don't, I just remember hearing about the Lantern cast and listening to your episode. I remember after the first episode going, Oh, good lord! They're Kyle Rayner fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! No, but it, you know, I, I, you know, I started listening to podcasts maybe around 2006, and listening to a variety of different, you know, comic and sci-fi ones, and you know, seeing that there was a Green Lantern one, one specifically for Green Lantern. I was like, well, I gotta listen to it because you know, I love Green Lantern, <laughs> and. You know, it's been a really good uh, podcast, so I'm glad I stuck with the guy, you know? <laughs> All according to our plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's uh, let's bring in some more people here. Cool. And now for what I believe will be the most amount of people ever on the Lantern cast at one time. And here we are. We're at episode 100. We've already – we're already underway. So – has everybody seen the Green Lantern movie by now? Only Absolutely. twice. I, I don't know. I, I saw the reviews and I figured, why bother? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've seen it twice. Can we drop his call, you know, accidentally now? <laughs> I absolutely... I, my finger is on the button. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually saw it for the second time on Saturday. Uh, tonight we are, you know, we are able to discuss the movie in its entirety... Spoilers, ahoy. Um, now, the one thing that I want to ask and see if anybody else noticed this or maybe I'm crazy. I mean, that's 
entirely possible. You are. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, isn't that given? Y- yeah, most likely. I mean, you started a lantern cast before it was cool, you know, so you've got to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only time that it's cool to start a podcast when it's not cool. <laughs> I knew the lantern cast before they went all corporate. Before <laughs> they sold out. Oh, God, I would love to go corporate. <laughs> I would sell out in a heartbeat. <laughs> Good for you. Blendercast, now a subdivision of Disney Incorporated. <laughs> Listen, all no, they... Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, yeah. Uh, that makes more sense, that's true. <laughs> Disney owns the other company. It doesn't even take much. I mean, like, they could send me a hat, and I'll be a shill <laughs> for the company. Um, send him the hat of Jeff Johns. Oh, yeah. Well, that... <laughs> I'll do more than be a shell for the company if you get my meaning. <laughs> It'd be a big shell. That's that's about it. <laughs> uh, so at the beginning of the movie, you have those three aliens on the planet Riot. Did anybody notice what their backpacks look like? Hope symbol? No. No? I could have sworn I saw a hope symbol on there. I got excited. Oh. You are close, but no. Hmm. Nobody? I thought no, at actually. first it kind of looked like the lantern symbol, but then I saw him again, it, it didn't. But I just thought it looked like a you know, Final Fantasy cutscene, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. But, uh, you know, on, I, I, I kind of noticed it the first time around. And so the, the second time I saw it, I was looking really close. Uh, and it's not like there's a lot of Easter eggs in, in the movie, but what I... But I'm pretty sure that it was supposed to look like. If you look at it up close, you won't see it. But if you look at it from far away, it looks exactly like the rage symbol. Oh. Damn it, I missed that! Ah! Oh! that too. <laughs> well, you see, that's why I host a Green Lantern podcast. And you are all on for episode 100. <laughs> God damn, we suck. Uh... The one thing about um, Parallax that I, I that I kind of noticed was like when he when he killed people, did you did anyone else get like a Shang Tsung like your soul is mine sort of vibe? Yes. Well, that's well, the case. And why didn't Parallax change into all the different core members to fight against Hal? <laughs> <laughs> now was was Rotlop Fan one of the ones that died? I thought he was. I couldn't I tell if it was him Green Man. Yeah, they killed all the big names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody the that, only ones that I was... Oh, go ahead. No, anybody that they made an action figure of, it seems like they killed off. <laughs> Including Hal Jordan's dad. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he got shafted, though. I mean, it's like... Well, we'll get into it later, but... That's... Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seems like everyone they made an action figure pretty much... Bit the dust. Except still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he looks nothing like his actual. Still, I know. <laughs> I, I still have to hold to that that scene when, you know, Sinestro and all the other lanterns are fighting. I think that all the other lanterns were killed, but either, you know, Parallax either, you know, you know, linked with Sinestro or whatever, or he made a deal with him or something. I think that's why he's going to have the yellow ring. So I think there's still, like, a part of Parallax and Sinestro. Yeah, I just felt like it was like a natural evolution. Like when you see Sinestro for the first time, it seemed like, you know, he was so big on like there was no other power that was 
better than the power of will. And then he saw fear in like in, in action. And I think you can see in the, his face how shocked he was. And then wanting to help forge a ring of fear to fight fear. Um, I think it was maybe because he saw he, he saw a taste of what fear could do. And maybe in the back of his mind, he was like, I want to see this ring, you know, in action because I want to use it. And then that's where you get to come later on to that other scene. Or maybe he was giving in to the fear. And that's why, you know, it managed to take him over some of the way. Yeah, yeah I think it was more him giving fear. in. Because um, if you if you remember the part where Hal is addressing the Guardians, asking them to let him fight Parallax, and he will show you that will is stronger than fear, that can de- defeat it. And he defeated Parallax. And obviously, Sinestro saw that happen, and then he still chose to try out the Yellow Ring. So it's kind of like, well, if fear is supposed to be so much stronger, here I've just shown that, that will can overcome it, but I think I'll try the fear thing anyway. You know, it, it, that part didn't really... It's like I'm, I'm glad they did it because now we're one step closer to a Sinestro War type thing going. But I just kind of thought that that was – it was probably one of those edits that were made to you know cut down on the overall time. Uh, but it just – it didn't quite make as much sense to me as I thought it should have. Well, I just thought that scene that at the end where he puts on the ring was really cool because you could see in his face the rush of power he, he was feeling when he put on the yellow ring. And that was yeah. really cool. And that's that's actually the only time in the entire movie where Sinestro closes his eyes. He never blinks throughout the entire film. I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't at first either, and someone pointed it out to me, and I, I looked for it the second time I saw it. But, yeah, that's the only time when he's uh, feeling the fear. Yeah. It's also I the definitely... only time I think costumes look good. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think they're going to have to go through, like, we can't just pick up with him picking up the ring and going, you know, the next movie. They're going to have to do some explaining to really get into what made him do that switch over. I'd like to see it. Whereas maybe he's still using the green ring and he's, he has, he's secretly also at the same time using the yellow ring. And maybe it's something that, you know, maybe Hal slowly discovered over, you know, over time. And then maybe in the, you know, in a future movie, that'd be kind of cool to see. Well, I think probably what we're going to see with, uh, the sequel would be more along the lines of like Emerald Dawn two. We're going to see, all right, we have these characters now established. We're going to see the, you know, the apprenticeship of Hal Jordan to Sinestro. The beginning of, you know, the respect is there, but I would say the budding of the friendship. Mm-hmm. And then Sinestro goes rogue. Yeah, because like, in this movie, you definitely see uh, Sinestro doesn't even hardly respect him because you can t- you can see it in. The- you know, the way he was training him, like, you know, you don't belong here. You know, you're just a human. You know, you could never replace Evan, sir. And he really puts him through the ringer in that in that training session. And, um, you can tell that he doesn't really respect him until the end of the movie. The, uh, the thing about Sinestro with the taking the yellow ring is that even though he saw Hal Jordan beat Parallax... The, the key to the whole thing was that the Guardians admitted that fear is more powerful than willpower. The the only, you know, downside is that you have to, you know, you're, you're basically taken over by the power of fear. Uh, as we know that the farther you get away from the center, you know, the more that it takes you over. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't, I didn't quite think that they were saying it's more powerful. I think it was more that they couldn't control it. 
you know, that increased their fear of it, which made them more susceptible and weaker to it. I mean, well, maybe I'm just reading a little too far into it, but that's kind of how I saw it. It's not necessarily more powerful. It's just, you know, it's harder to control. Well, I think even in the comic, they tell you that, like, the, the concept of fear is that it's it has more brute strength than willpower. It's just that since it takes over your mind, you're not – you can never use fear to its utmost power because you don't have the clear mind of – the willpower ring you know there's a whole thing where you know there's a saying you're blinded by fear so probably that's what they're saying you know if you give into it you probably can't control it as well yeah i mean like you you could have like you know a, a giant you know an enormous hammer and you know the other guy can have like a tiny little hammer but if the guy with a giant hammer it has a blindfold on and the guy with the tiny little hammer you know can see clearly then, you know, he just has to get one one good shot in while the other guy's blindly, you know, stomping his giant hammer around wherever. I think you got the wrong summer movie, Jim. <laughs> uh, just to make a point, though. Gotcha. Well, speaking of, of things that I noticed in the movie, I, did anyone else notice there was a scene with uh, Hal and Carol where Hal gives Carol, uh, like, a necklace like for her birthday. Yes. And it reminded me of the one that Kyle Rayner gave to Donna Troy. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, when I saw that in the theater, I'm like, Oh my God, that's the, that's the one that Kyle gave. That's, it was really, it was a cool little, you know, thing if you read the comics. And I, 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 I enjoyed that. Movie. That was kind of cool. Well, what a crappy gift! Just you know, faded before they even went back to the office. <laughs> that was a yeah. birthday gift. I mean. Well, it's because she got snippy with him, so he took it back. <laughs> Maybe oh, she put it in her pocket. Such an Indian giver. Yeah. She, she just put it in her pocket. She didn't want to wear it at that moment. That might be why she walked away and cried. Look, anyone that's been with a, in a relationship with a woman long enough knows you'll you'll give them jewelry and they'll never wear it again. In some cases, they'll wear it the right after you give it to them. You know, first time you go out. Then it just vanishes. You'll never see it again. <laughs> Listen, cash, cash for gold. There's only one ring that my <laughs> wife still wears, and and reality is, is when it's thrown, it's thrown in fire. It actually says in the language of Mordor, "One <laughs> ring to rule them all." <laughs> oh, you nerd! <laughs> <laughs> oh, lord! <laughs> so what you're saying is your wife uses a ring you gave her to control you? Absolutely. There we go. <laughs> Isn't that how that usually works? Yeah. yeah, isn't that called marriage? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Rachel never wears the Star Sapphire ring I gave her. <laughs> kind of bulky. <laughs> <laughs> she wants a tiny one made out of gold. <laughs> you still there, Mindy? I'm still here. What did you think of the movie? I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it. Really Yeah, did you notice anything or, you know, have any spoilers or... Just want to talk about Ryan Reynolds' abs or whatever. Well, I'll join in that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what do people think of him as as Hal Jordan? I thought he sucked. Blast <laughs> <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> I was actually okay with it. Um, Hal being my Green Lantern, and of course, yes, I am a Ryan Reynolds fanboy, but I think he did it. I definitely do think that he played the role very well. I mean, he was able to do the 
uh, irresponsible type role that everybody knows him as, but then when it came down to brass tacks, he he pulled his his shit together, pretty much. And I thought he did it very well. Uh, My only complaint about the movie, which I've already posted, is where's the soundtrack? It, I, I think they needed a much better musical score that did not come off as feeling epic in, it, in any way. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, I just had that playing in my head the whole movie. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. So I had ring capacity playing in my head during the whole movie, so, you know, that made it all epic for me. I had the same thing. <laughs> it, it really needed it. It truly did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that 80s song, uh, I Need a Hero, playing in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Holding out for a hero. That one, too. That's a good song. I think uh, it's good. I mean, mean, Hal Jordan, again, is also my, he's he's my Green Lantern. I mean, that's that's the character that I was introduced when I was younger. And I'm not, I'm not a Ryan Reynolds fan. I've liked movies that he's been in. I've also disliked movies that he's been in. And I think he did the role really well. I mean, he he acted like, you know, the goofball when he needed to. And he then, you know, brought it to a more serious level at some points. Like, I really – one like one of the disappointments I had, and I guess it was for a time, from a time, you know, restraint, uh, there wasn't enough of his family. I really liked the scenes where he went to his nephew's birthday. And um, that was a really cool scene. And I wish there was a little bit more like that in there. It was a really good scene, but when I saw it, I almost thought it would have been better to have, like, his mom or somebody, you know, somebody that's little, you know, because they didn't quite explain that it was his brother or anything. He was just there, and I was like, oh, yeah, hey, brother, you know. It's like, yeah. well, here are all the other characters, and, you know. I felt that they yeah, that, kind of threw that in randomly. It was rushed. Like, you didn't, I mean, if you knew the characters, I mean, you got kind of like Jack. Oh, I knew Jack. That's his older brother. And then the other guy, I don't think they even mentioned his name, but that was supposed to be Jim, and... Um, there wasn't enough of that, and I think they kind of rushed it. And I think there was a bit more exploration to that, where I can, you could see his family. You might have, you know, for people who didn't like it, maybe it would have it would have resonated a little bit more with them. Like I liked that scene with him and his nephew, you know, giving him the the plane and everything, you know, for his birthday. It was nice. That it was a bit rushed. But they the had time thing- for the Hot Wheels ad. <laughs> yeah, it was said the only two things that really came out of that was. Him quoting his father, mm-hmm. and the Hot Wheels ad, you know, oh, race car track. Right. <laughs> I think the downside of the scene with his family more so is, like, they kind of put in that ladies' man thing early on in the beginning just to kind of – I heard someone compare it to, like, the Tony Stark from Iron Man. You wanted him to be this somewhat dapper, but, you know, obviously he's not as rich as Tony Stark character. Right. But then, you know – so that you see this transition to him becoming the, the better hero. But really, we could have kind of gotten the screw-off uh, you know, personality without necessarily that. And they could have definitely screwed in, you know, either added more or taken it out and really not lost much. You know what I mean? I think this with the family was more for to show another side of him. Like, it wasn't – he wasn't just the screwball, you know – playboy you know sleeping around type of person i think they were trying to show that he had these different sides to him and and um 
that you know they were trying to establish that maybe he you know, he he wasn't as responsible not just you know in his job but with his family and that's to set up you know for him to get you know get the ring and then you know hopefully and change his life around. Did anyone else think that the girl at the beginning might have been cowgirl? <laughs> Are you saying all blondes look alike? Well, in the comics, yeah, they kind of do. <laughs> did anybody else? He was in the movie as long as long as, as cowgirl was in the comics. <laughs> did, did anybody think that it was odd that you have this uh, Ferris aircraft and the best pilot that they have like completely freezes up when he starts thinking about his father? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that that, may, that that's like one like giant thing where if you start thinking about it, that doesn't make any sense. They could have dropped in a line about you know oh well this is the anniversary of when his father died or something you know they could have it would have been one line added or something like that that would have made it more make more sense. Yeah, yeah, they could have added goose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you got to take into consideration uh, it, the, his father's death in the movie is so much more brutal than in the comic. Yeah. yeah. He almost made it comic, out. Yeah, in the comic, he blows up in, in the sky. Here, he's getting out of the plane, and it's just it's last out. second. I'm like, oh. Yeah, this was something that I was, it surprised me, because, you know, you always see that, you know, he, he turns into a fireball in the sky, and this one where he crashes and actually looks like he's getting out, and then he, it, the whole thing explodes. I'm like, Wow, that is much more traumatic and for you know a kid to see. And um, yeah, I could see him having you know, as his planes falling down, having you know flashbacks to that. I mean, you know, maybe he's was never in that particular position where he he was in that like that. So where he would flashback to you know his father you know dying that way. I mean, it was a lot of a lot of ways. It was pretty similar. Suddenly, his figure with the working parachute makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it also made it a lot less heroic. I mean, he just, you know, his dad lifted off, exactly. burst, and fell down. In, in the comics, you know, he could have saved his, his himself, but if he did, the pe- people in the audience would have been killed. Yeah. So, you know, the comics, at least he died saving lives, yeah. you know. Yeah. No Absolutely. That's what I meant by he got shafted, because it, it just takes that whole aspect of him away. And, you know, why Hal looks up to him so greatly, but... Um, yeah, but that's the other thing that that action figure. It is pretty awesome because it's got such a big smile on his face. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna take off today, and oh hell, I'm gonna die. Oh well, see ya, Jim. You need as to do as... a repaint of that figure as a Black Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I as I and I agree that um, it does take away a bit of the hero, the heroism. I think it was to add much more of a the traumatic experience to see him so close up dying like. And that's what I think they they did a little give and take on on, on the on how his father died. So, I, do you guys think that maybe if they had left it the way it was originally scripted to have that entire scene at the very beginning as its own scene, not intercut with how you know flying in his plane? Do you think that would have worked better or worse? Oh, much better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that I mean, granted, you've got the quick editing, you know, that any film has. And so, sure, there's this risk of, wait a minute, who am I looking at for a second? But you figure it out. But mm-hmm. it's, it's still it, I really get the feeling that there's so much more to this movie that was shot and was just cut down for time. Yeah. I mean, because when you think about it, it's, you know, I mean, Green Lantern to Warner is an unproven movie property. And, you know, just 
like X-Men before, the first one, they cut that thing down to an hour and a half just because they didn't really have, they didn't, you know, it wasn't yet. And both of them suffered from not having enough time to tell all the different story aspects that they threw in there. Yeah. So, yes, that's it. Who else hated the, uh, I'm sorry. I was wondering, like, when they eventually goes to DVD, I wonder if they'll be, they'll also come out with a director's cut where, you know, things that they, they left out will be put in, because I would love to see what things might have been left out to, you know, kind of, maybe maybe it will it will show a different movie, because, you know, I've always, I've always heard that the Daredevil, the director's cut, is seen as a completely different type of movie than the one you see on the theater, so I'm always wondering about that. They need to come out with a Jeff Johns cut. (laughs) (laughs) But then with this movie, there's also that aspect of how much do you think could have been cut out because of the crunch they had in special effects. I mean, wasn't it reported somewhere, you know, near within the the last month or two that there was something around 100 or 200 special effects houses working to get this movie finished? So, I mean, how much do you think of that could have been things that they just couldn't have enough time to get the special effects good enough to show and, you know, therefore got cut? So, I mean, it's, you know, a DVD release, hopefully it's got extra stuff, but I don't know if it's, you know, it's kind of like 50-50, how much of, of one, how much of the other do you think they can cram on there? It's true. Well, that actually takes us to another point. What, how did everybody feel about the special effects quality on it? I personally was so-so. There were some things that worked very, very well for me, and then there's other things that I was just like, I, I could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought there were some things that were, you know, there were a couple of things of like, you know, how flying, where you can see it's obviously just his head slapped on the CG body. But for me, the bigger issue was the design choices of some of the things, like in particular Parallax. I mean, regardless if you're not going to go with the, you know, the monstrous version from the comic, just that, that chronotype head on it, it just looked so cartoonish to me that no matter how realistic, you know, a light they threw on it, it didn't look right. It just, you know, it, it didn't look fearful. And, and why the hell was it all black? I mean, it was barely yellow, and it just, it just didn't. I don't know. It just looked like a somebody somebody referred to it as a a galactic space turd that flew through, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's not that far off when you think about it. I was okay with the, the the giant Krona head, but when the rest of the body kept getting bigger with the the like, if you actually stare at it, it's yeah. like bodies, and I'm just like, why? I, I think it absorbed it. the asteroid field on the way out to the sun. It was so big by that point. Yeah. It, I didn't care for that part of it. At least they explained why it looked like that. Because I remember, you know, we were complaining a lot. Like, why did we just see this big head on a cloud? That's not, you know, how Parallax is supposed to look. You know, at least they kind of explained that, you know, it was, you know, we could at least say that Parallax was possessing Krona. And that explains why he looked like that, you know? That's something. Yeah. Yeah, there was a reason. I mean, for me, it it seemed, I felt it looked better than other things that, you know, we're, we're supposed to be, you know, movie, you know, interpretations of characters, you know, um, you know, Galactus is a one that comes to mind that I was really <laughs> impressed about. Admit, which I did, you can see his shadow in one scene. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, yeah, the fact that it was explained why he looked that way, why, you know, he had the big Krona head, I mean, it... It made me. It made it. It made it much more. You know, would I like to see? You know, Parallax look like Parallax. That would have been pretty cool. But um, I was happy with what it was. And 
I kind there's a lot of things about the, the special effects I did like. I love the the costumes and how it had like it looked like you know there was life into it. You know as it was they as the people were using their their willpower. I thought that was kind of a cool effect, and um, I liked that how like the costume faded into nothing um, when like Abin Sir died. Like it was all, it was part of of his will. So it it was the costumes I thought wound up being really cool, um, which I know a lot of people were having problems with, like when they first saw it, like on the Entertainment Weekly cover. But I I, I think it made sense for the movie, and um, I, I I thought they were really cool. The costumes read much better on screen than they did in still photos. Still yes. photos, they just weren't getting it across. But yeah, absolutely on screen, I agree with that one. I didn't like how the yeah. um, the energy came from the chest, though. It looked cool. It just it didn't quite make sense. It was it was an unnecessary graphic. You know, they could have used that time and money to do that graphic. They could have used that on other things. You know, so I just you know I, it looked cool when the energy you know flowed from his chest through his arm, but you know it just it didn't make sense. The energy doesn't come from his chest. The energy comes from the ring. You look at it and you figure there's got to be a spout you can stick in his stomach and like pump out frozen yogurt from that chest symbol. <laughs> Now, Subway has his way. It's avocado. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what you going, the one thing that I did like... So have you guys noticed that they've... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Shut up! Just <laughs> <laughs> the host, be quiet. It, it is his podcast. Listen, I don't need to say much, but every once in a while... Um, you know, a lot of people were hesitant about the mask. Um but I have to say, the way that they had like like the energy running through the mask, I, I actually kind of like that effect. I personally I didn't like fun. the mask. <laughs> but I was okay with it, too. It looked painted on when they showed it up close. Almost the entire suit looked like it was just painted on his body up close. Well, technically it was. Mindy? But, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on that, Mindy? Uh, the mask and... Like specifically? Well, no, no. The fact that the uh, the costume looked painted on his body. Oh. Uh, it can be better with you know no uh, outfit at all. But uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, I don't know. Sapphire Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't think it was the best. Um, from the get go, I wasn't very huge on it, but uh, it grew on me as I was watching the film. And like you'd mentioned, the energy coming from his chest, I didn't really understand that either. Um, just as I said, the energy comes from the ring. So I'm not sure why they introduced that. It, I think it would confuse viewers um, because I don't, it had an Iron Man feel about it in a way that's already been done. I didn't even think of that, but definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. saw that too. But in the comics, like if you ever know, like like I think it's something, it's something Jeff... Um, introduced, but like the the symbol sometimes kind of does that glowing thing, like you know they're supposed to be space cops, so it's almost like they're a siren. And I'm wondering if that was like an effect they are trying to get, not like you know it's supposed to be the it's you know the siren you know as they go you know through space, but maybe you know it just they're looking for a cool effect to show that you know the costume was part of of a construct, and you know. Um, I would I would agree that, you know, it wouldn't have taken anything away if they didn't have that effect to it, but I thought it was a neat effect, you know, something to just, you know, 
look at while while you know during the scene. I, I, I thought it was a cool effect, but not ultimately necessary. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, one question is, uh, what do you guys think of the Guardians? I haven't read any reviews on that at all, so I'm really not sure what people think. The jellyfish they helmet things. <laughs> yeah, the clear head. Yeah, I didn't like that. I thought I kind of thought it was a, almost a helmet, not actually their head, because if you look at some of his like jewelry on it, and you can see like a blue kind of head underneath. Mm. So I was just kind of thinking that maybe it's it's actually. You know, a um, like a like just decoration, like the robes are. And it's not actually part of their head. It's just almost impossible to tell. You know, yeah. <laughs> jelly heads. I just didn't understand why their robes were like the length of Spawn's cape. I because mean, they it, needed to look cool. But that was so '90s, man. I mean, I mean, I was, it, it hey, was Rob cool. Liefeld's drawing a comic at DC now. Anything can happen. Come on. Uh, he has don't a point. Remind me. Uh, no, I mean, it was cool. I, I, I don't mind, you know, I, the one thing I, 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 I kind of like tell myself when I go into these movies is that there is going to be different than we're, we're, we're used to in the comics and the Guardians were different. I, I didn't quite understand the clear thing on over their head as well. And the fact that their robes were like 18,000 times bigger than their entire bodies, but it was a cool effect. I mean, I, I think a lot of this, what we saw, were, were, you know, to have cool visuals. That's part of what I saw in a lot of this. And for the most part, it worked for me. I mean, I, I, I didn't really think the Guardians looked bad. And um, having seen what they looked like, you know, in the comics like for that Abin Sur one, I, I thought it looked good. I mean, even in print. So I was fine with it for the most part. about parallax back to that um i think they didn't want to make them fully yellow because they thought that people might not take the color seriously <laughs> so <laughs> i guess brown is scarier <laughs> i don't know <laughs> brown is scarier <laughs> especially if it's all over the buildings of the city <laughs> hey it already is <laughs> Okay, concentrated brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, brown, of get down. Brown lanterns using their power. <laughs> so, did anyone else hate the um, the internal central battery? You know, I'm I, I you know, we're so used to seeing that you know big kind of cheesy battery, and and you know Sinestro is kind of giving speech in front of that stone structure. But in the movie and in the the video games, you just you know it's it's all an internal battery you, you never see the big big giant battery that everybody charges at in the comics you know with that big iconic image it went by so fast for me it. in the movie i thought it was like the enterprise's warp core or something <laughs> no, the one we saw was underground jake jacob that's like in the video games you have to go underground to get to that battery now see i just chopped that up to be like a, some kind of power hub or something but no that was they did thing. say that will powers the entire planet so i just kind of yeah. chalked it up to like a, a substation or something, thinking of the electrical grid, but I haven't played the video game yet, so... Or yeah, have read I, any of the prequel comics. The prequel comics are pretty good. I, I read um, The Abinsur, The Kilowog, and The Tomare, and um, they're interesting. I mean, the art's pretty good. Um, you know, uh, stories are interesting. Um, I think 
the Hal Jordan one comes out this week or next week. It'll probably be a while. <laughs> Time for the sequel. Come out when the DVDs out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a prequel to the sequel. Yes, that's. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's definitely one of the the failures of, of the movie. How most of the prequels didn't come out until after the movie, and the the prop battery won't be coming out until like a month or so after the movie opens, at the very least. Really? Yeah. They have the little Toys R Us. They did delay that? Yes. Yeah. Did you pre-order that already? No. No, not yet. Oh. Oh, so, Jeff. Doom. You were the one that got the Green Lantern ring from DC Direct? I am. (laughs) (laughs) How's that go? Yeah. Yeah, why don't you tell um, everybody yeah. about that, that adventure? Well, it's, um, you know, <laughs> well, you know, like, if, if anyone followed the, the, you know, DC Direct solicitation page, it was supposed to originally come out July 1st and didn't. And then, you know, apparently some uh, stores got informed that it would be coming out the 15th. But the whole thing is it's, um, it's you know, molded after the one of the prop rings that Ryan Reynolds wears. And from what I've uh, read since, that actually is the case. I mean, this... I'm looking at it right now. It actually is pretty accurate to it, um, even like weird-looking chunks in the corners and all. Um, but then, you know, they solicited it as a size 13, so I thought, hey, I can wear it on my middle finger for a James goal. But it's not. It's like it's a size 11 or size 12, and nobody told nobody at DC told anybody about that, and it still says on their page size 13. But uh, it's just that it's – I mean – Visually, my opinion of it has softened. Uh, it's like it's really rough, but then hand props, you know, which this is cast after, they are handmade. And if you actually go to any sci-fi store or, or convention and you see props available for sale or even replicas, they're you know they're usually kind of you know crappy looking, um, but they're just not smooth or refined at all. But then, you know, just as I was getting used to, you know, hey, this looks kind of neat. All of a sudden, I noticed that there's a, a chip missing from the front now that wasn't before and it, it it's like they, they didn't even bother to cast the green part in green they just casted it in casted they castinated it in clear <laughs> resin <laughs> i speak english good and then they like painted it with green you know glaze or paint or something mucus. so i mean it's yeah mucus <laughs> they just snotted all over it <laughs> every every third one is uh is snotted by ryan reynolds personally and he autographs the inside of the ring <laughs> Um, that's, that's but it does, yeah. It, it does look nice, and it does. I really like the way that the you know they made it so that light you know reflects out of the center really well. But uh-huh. I'm just hoping to God that the Noble Collection version, whenever that comes, is uh, more refined. <laughs> now, did anyone get the the Toys R Us uh, one that has the, like the, the the chain to it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've all got that. <laughs> I have yeah, a friend I got, who's made an entire business of buying those and customizing them on eBay. <laughs> I mean, I got that one. Um, I, luckily, I got it. I got it through work, and um, it fits on my on my my left on my right middle finger really well, and it looks really good. And I wore it to the movie, and you know, I, I was pretty happy with it. The thing about the yeah. Toys R Us ring is that the metal 
was cast like uh, I think uh, Jeff, you posted the the picture of it with the the green resin part taken off. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually three parts. So yeah. So if people look at that, like you can see that the thing is like it's got t- you know tiny little uh, jagged angles in it, so that when you look at it, it like reflects differently. So it actually looks like different shades of green within the ring, just like how they do it digitally with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like that that effect is it's brilliant. And between the the DC Direct ring and uh, the the one that they they gave out for promotional purposes, uh, both of them they they lack that that aspect. I, I think it's you know it's a big mistake to not have that. Yeah, I kind but, of feel bad for the people who got, got those promotional rings. They're like what a hundred of them, I think. Because they got the crappiest one out of all three. The other three came out much better. The $10 ring is the best one, though. <laughs> There's a lesson to be learned in that. You get what you pay for? <laughs> I don't know. That is not the lesson. <laughs> well, then there was, there was also the like a, a $5 cheap light-up ring uh, made out of plastic. And the the other like five to ten dollar projection ring with that actually projects the the Green Lantern symbol. Has anybody else picked I, that up? I've seen it. I can't the find the projection it. ring. Looks like it's like five feet long. You know to put I guess the projector thing in there. Yeah, it it definitely you know the projector ring projects off of your finger by at least like an inch or two, but. <laughs> It's so cool. It's just, it's so much fun just, like, projecting this Green Lantern symbol anywhere like a flashlight. Project it on somebody's shirt, and then all of a sudden they become a Green Lantern. Does, does Lauren have to take that away from you when you're trying to go to bed? You know, you're sitting there shining on the ceiling and on the walls, and... Only, only the first night. <laughs> did, so, okay, did anyone get the really good rings? You know, the, the ones that are cupcake talker, toppers and the uh, kids' party rings? Glow in the dark ones? <laughs> Not yet, but I told Lauren. I, I've told Lauren on a number of occasions already. I'm, I, I just say to her, I'm like, listen, I just want you to know that Walmart has Green Lantern party supplies. I'm like, know this, keep this information in your head, because you know why I'm telling you this. And she's like, I got it, I understand, I understand. So she she knows. She knows to be on the lookout. <laughs> Rachel promised me that if the stuff is still around uh, by Christmas time when, when my birthday is, that she's going to have uh, throw me a Green Lantern birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of... I Buy it impressed. now! Yeah. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> impressed on Lauren that she should probably stock up for the next few years. <laughs> Flies are limited. Yeah. Uh, are we uh, are we done talking about the movie now? We're never done. <laughs> It'll yeah, come back a couple times. We've been talking about it for like the next three years at least. But. Did well. people like Blake Lively? Yes. Um, I was actually. Yeah. I, I was quite surprised. I was very. I, I was probably in the nay category because of the age difference. But she didn't come off. Nearly as, 
young as she really is. That's what I thought. Like, I, I'd never, I mean, I, I know the show that she's on, but, like, I never really saw her in anything substantial that I wasn't really impressed with until she was in the town, and I thought she did a really good job in that, and I thought she did it really well in here. I mean, I, I until the interactions between her and Hector Hammond, I didn't see, I didn't feel the age difference. Oh, that was just creepy. That was creepy, thank you. But, <laughs> I mean, like, like I felt like I needed to shower after that. I, it was just, it was. Oh. <laughs> it, yeah, that was that was beyond creepy. But I mean, she played the role really well. I mean, you know, for you know, one moment she's mad at Hal, and the next moment, you know, she's feeling a little sorry for him. And I, I think she pulled off the different, you know, emotions that she was supposed to have, you know, you know, nicely. And I think. I, I wasn't when it was between the two of them between Carol and Hal. I didn't feel the age difference like as so many other people had mentioned before, and I thought there was something there, and I, I, I enjoyed her in the role. Yeah, she was definitely able to come off. Uh, I, I guess uh, attitude-wise, as a very mature, down-to-earth person. I mean, she knew what she wanted. She was able to do it. And uh, the, both the wardrobe and makeup, you know, gave her the, the the look that she was able to pull that off and not look really her own age. So I, I was quite impressed. I wasn't actually a fan of her wardrobe. I thought it was too, I don't know if I can say, like, sexified. She was very, very glammed up. And I understand that she was going for the businesswoman appeal, but she just seemed a little too... I know the one scene, the one scene in our office where she unfires Hal. Mm -hmm. That that is pretty much the way I kind of like it, it seemed to click right there. That okay, there are three complete different sides to this character, four really, and we were able to. That was it was that point in the movie that I was able to see that for the first time. I think. I mean, you have. Uh, Carol, the test pilot, you have uh, Carol, the executive, Carol, the the actual hot, attractive woman, and then you have Carol, the friend. And she was able to do all four of those roles, I think, very... She was able to do it with justice, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And hopefully next movie, we'll get Carol, the star sapphire. (laughs) Well, technically, we already did. Yeah, that was a call sign. Uh, and she had the star on the other side <laughs> yeah. of the helmet, so you had yeah, it. Yeah, the emblem on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim was so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really? Hey, uh, one one other question though, um, and you know, answer honestly. What was Hector Hammond's purpose in the movie? Because I feel that he really, I mean, ultimately, the only thing that he really accomplished was somehow kind of draw Parallax to Earth, but. Since Parallax is looking to fuel himself up before taking on Oa, I don't really know that Hector Hammond even needed to be in this film at all. It was a great performance, but I'm not really sure that the character needed to be in this origin. He was there to show, like, he was almost basically mirroring uh, Hal's transformation. Yeah, he was Hal's foil. That's all it was. I thought it was there because, I mean, you know, the other thing that, I mean, it's kind of glossed over a bit um, is the fact that 
Hal, Hector, and Carol obviously had some sort of familiarity with each other at growing up with their fathers, you know, knowing each other. I'm only assume that they all flew together, you know, the, 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 the fathers flew together. And so you can see there was, you know, each one, each one, Carol, Hal, and Hector had a different sort of relationship with their own father. And I think you see that, you know, with Hector and how he, you know, when he sees the alien and then, you know, gets infected and how he, you know, lashes out at his dad. Uh, whereas, you know, you have a different relationship with, you know, Carol and her father and obviously Hal and his father. So, I mean, I think there were, it, I think there was more to it than that, but it, was he necessary? Probably not. I, I, I would, I thought he was in there mostly because I thought a lot of the origin was going to take, be taken probably from Secret Origin, and he played a, kind of a part, a role in that. But, you know, was he necessary? Probably not. It could have easily gone with, like, him getting infected, but not quite doing the full transformation now, you know, and make that the second movie where Hal has to call upon Sinestro to help him out, you know, or something on Earth. So that they had the battles, so Sinestro and them build their relationship, you know, but instead they just tossed it in here and we get the double bad guy of comic book movies. Yeah, actually, that would have been a very, that would have been a great second movie, is Hector Hammond basically being the big bad and you see the fall of Sinestro and then leading into the trilogy with part three being maybe Sinestro, Sinestro Core War. Or... Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I loved the, the, the Easter egg at the end. I mean, that made the movie for me. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. buzzed. It's so funny. Me and John were on the edge of our seats, like waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. When I, I finally came on, I was just like, "It's gonna put it on. It's gonna put it on." And when he did, and then when the costume changed as well, I was like, "Yeah, that was really worth it." <laughs> I was. It- I was inches from killing the guy in front of me at this theater because he stood up while the credits started running. He was just standing there. Now, he's all decked out in Green Lantern gear, too, so obviously he's a fan as well. But I seriously was about to lean over and say, if you don't sit down and if you make me miss this strike, I will kill you. I will tear your head off because I was just like, there's no way. I, that's why I came here. So you have I to speak his own language, though. You have to say, I'm going to Red Lantern you. Yes, exactly. I'm going to. Yeah, I should have done like that. <laughs> I will spew spo- boiling blood all over you if you don't move. <laughs> Was it stadium yeah, seating? Yes. So you could have but just he's... pushed him down. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian, don't go to movies with me because I am one of those people who will tell flat out tell that person sit the hell down. I was he did sit down so that he actually moved over and sat down. So that's the only thing that saved him. If that scene started, I would have killed him. Would have chopped out the back of his knees on that one. I, it still pisses me off almost every single nerdy movie we go to. Literally, you know, half to three-fourths of the audience still gets up and leaves the second the credits come on. I mean, you think by now people would know, at least on the nerdy movies, you have to stay till uh, you know, the minimum the first after the first part of the credits. How are they going to know? Apparently nothing had for X-Men Origin. The X-Men First Class apparently had nothing there, so maybe people went to see that and like, ah, oh, there's nothing there, and there won't be anything on this one either. Yeah, but Jamie, different studios. That was Fox eh. versus Marvel Studios. That's most true. people don't know the difference in those, though. That's the one weird thing. Most most of the fans don't know the difference. Well, non-fans don't know the difference between Marvel and DC. You know. The one thing about the movie that uh, that has something to do with the end credits that I was really disappointed in is that it's this is the first time I think I actually saw an ad for 
comics and like going to your local comic book shop to check out these comic books. And oh, I love it. All the way at the end of the credits where it's like, yeah, everyone's gone. I mean, it's pat. It's, I mean, it's after the um the end scene, and it's like that would have been something perfect to have at the beginning of the movie before it started. Everyone was pissed off when when that was the last thing in the credits. Everyone who stayed was so pissed off that it was just an ad. It was, there wasn't anything special. It's still something. It's still a lot more than I think any uh, I've seen in any other comic book related movie. Like I don't, you know, you don't see. I mean, in the beginning credits, you see based off a comic of DC or Marvel or or whatever. But they have that like before the movie begins. Like, hey, check out this comic. You know, at your local comic book shop. That's something more. I mean, although. I forget who posted it. Someone posted a. It was on YouTube. Uh, Hugh Jackman doing a uh, a like a thing on a video for Free Comic Book Day. I mean, that would have been kind of cool to do. So I mean, it wouldn't have taken much to have Ryan Reynolds go, "Hey, you know, if you like this movie, you should check out this comic book." I mean, something just to advertise that, hey, this is based on a really cool books that you should check out. And that's one of the things I've been saying. Like, I'm thrilled to finally see. DC doing something with this whole relaunch with their advertising. I'm to, to see the beginning of the push. I think they should have done it a month ago already, but still. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. If you like this movie, you may like the proposal. Hey, I loved the proposal. <laughs> I haven't That's seen a good it. movie. <laughs> I mean, come on! It had Ryan Reynolds and Betty White. <laughs> oh. Anything with Betty White is awesome. together. I mean, come on, she is a, a, a endangered species now. She's our final golden girl left. And the sex scene between the two of them. Wow. <laughs> now you're just thinking nightmares, dude. <laughs> uh, Dan, are you actually with us now? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Dan's Dan. been with us since the beginning. I'm marveling at how many people are on this, and it hasn't crashed. Yeah. Eight. Until Give it a minute. It. Actually, nine. We have a two for one, actually. Oh. Say hi, Rachel. You're liars. <laughs> <laughs> Eight it is. <laughs> uh, but you're talking about the comic ad after the credits of Green Lantern? Yes. Yeah, was, like, finally they're doing something like that. Why wasn't it at the beginning? <laughs> yeah, I do agree. They should have also have done that. I mean, when, and it was what only one scene for what up for five seconds. I do think they should have put it up before, maybe even in between uh, the previews. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, how much would it have? Yeah, it, it would have been nothing to do that, and it would have. But the amount of people that would have saw it, you know, would have been a lot more than what it actually wound up being because <laughs> the people I mean, waiting at the you, end, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you, people stayed for the scene, you know, that that's the, 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 the secret scene, and then and it left. And so that was like halfway through the credits. So, I mean, it it was a step in the right direction. They still should be able to do more with it. And putting it in the beginning of the movie, like before the movie starts, I think is a, is a great way to do that, something like that. Agreed. I, I had no idea it was there. My wife and I left right after the, the secret scene. You know, we took off. Um, you know, we had to relieve my parents for uh, watching the kids, so you know, we had no choice really but to get out as soon as possible. It's kind of a 
you know, specified target hit of time to go to see the movie. So, much more effective. Dan. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on the movie? I like I liked it. It was fun. You know, I think I think kind of across the board, everything I've heard people say about the movie, like the one uniform thing I agree wholeheartedly with is that this is a fun movie. You know, it's by all means it's it's not a not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's the kind of thing where like I've seen it three times from now. I'm probably gonna see it one more time in theaters just and and granted, I'm kind of biased and I'm kind of predisposed to like this movie, but I'm not like like even the stuff like I went into this not expecting him to like Blake Lively's Carol Ferris, and with each successive viewing, I think I like her portrayal more. So it's like I feel like if this makes enough, like and I mean just enough to warrant a sequel, and they can learn from this, they can go from giving us a movie that's fun to giving us a movie that's amazing. You know? uh, and like I posted today, um, apparently they are still pushing ahead with the sequel, but Dan, uh, I had definitely agreed with you. I thought it... I, don't, I think the only reason it's getting the bad reviews is because people are expecting The Dark Knight again, and this is more... To me, this is more a family-friendly, fun... It's more of an action comedy. Is that kind of the approach that you're taking to it? or? Uh, kind of. I mean... I mean, I, th- I definitely think the the placement of it kind of helped it and hurt it because I mean, every time I went to the theater, it was it came out around Father's Day, and there was so many like dad and his kids or dad and his two kids or families going to this together because like it does skew a little younger, which on the surface sounds kind of. Someone eating their microphone. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hungry. Um, and Mindy's no, making kidding. an espresso. <laughs> was it mine again? I think yep. so. Yep. Sorry. That's fine. We've had worse. Damn. It's, 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 it's funny. It's, oh. no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. It's funny this was on Father's Day, considering almost every character in the movie has problems with, 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 with their father. You know, it's just weird and personal issues. Yeah, pretty much yeah. every character does. <laughs> They killed at least two fathers in this movie. <laughs> horrible, horrible ways. So, yeah. Hey, I mean, they made, they made it nice and accessible to, to younger kids while keeping it like like also enjoyable for older audiences. But what's going to kill it is that that same audience is now going to be diverted to Cars 2. And I, I don't know. I just think the placement of this movie was kind of unfortunate because it's right. After, it's right between Captain America and Thor, and then throwing Cars 2 and Transformers 3, which, regardless <laughs> of the quality of Transformers 3, it's going to be a box office juggernaut, because God hates us, is why. <laughs> Sounds like we got a Marvel DC sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not commenting. I had a headache. Uh, I like my well, DC no. extra chunky. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I I've been a fan of, of Green Lantern for for such a long time. So when the moment the movie started and just seeing all the things that I've read in the comics just kind of come to life, it just I mean, it just made me giddy just to see all the things that I, I enjoy in the comics, you know, on the big screen. So I mean. Like a lot of people said, you know, I'm very biased when it came to my enjoyment of this. But um, 
it to me it there were a lot of things that you know just made me feel like a kid when I was watching it. So I, I mean, I came out of it you know getting pretty much everything that I had hoped for, and you know I can see why it probably wasn't for everyone, but I mean for me personally, I mean I loved it. It's probably my favorite movie now. Yeah, I mean. Every time I saw that at the very beginning when that title came up on the screen, I just grinned ear to ear. Just like, even though I knew everything that was coming after it because I saw it three times, it was just like a great moment. It's like, it's like okay, it's like when is, when have I had this in a theater experience? You know, like when when will I have this again? But it's it's just a really nice, like even if it completely bombs and we never get another one, it's you know we at least have this one awesome moment. A moment like this. Wow. Did you guys see the pictures of uh, John in his costume? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> Wait, they, they, was John actually supposed to be in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yes, yes, he was. So. <laughs> no, no, I mean John Stewart or? No, this no. John. <laughs> Me. Uh oh. John Stewart was supposed yeah. to be in the movie, and I think he was in there, but he was never uh, credited by name. Yeah, no, that was another thing. Like I, because they definitely cast a guy, and every it's gonna sound wrong, but every single time a black guy came into the shot, it's like, is that John Stewart? Oh no, it's not John Stewart. Is that John? Oh no, it's not John Stewart. <laughs> you saying they all look alike, Dan? <laughs> I'm saying John Stewart is amazing. <laughs> It's, you know, it kind of seems to me like they decided, hey, you know what? Let's not actually name John Stewart because that way, if we want to bring him in in the second movie and we want to hire a big name actor, then nobody's going to be like, well, wait a second, you had this no name in the first movie and now you're switching actors again, just like Iron Man. That's yeah, exactly why they did it. They did it with Iron Man, and for a while, nobody cared. <laughs> I cared. You I didn't. Oh, and a current movie update. Uh, as of today, it, the movie. I'm sorry, yesterday. Sorry, the movie has brought around 90 million in the U.S. and another 16 million worldwide, and the picture was budgeted at 200 million. What's the grand total worldwide? That would be 106 million. <laughs> <laughs> I was told there'd be no math. They lied. Well, well, they said that they're going ahead with it anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. And, and if you figure it'll probably carry this out, I could easily see to about $140 million by the time it pulls from theaters, and then DVD sales will make up for that other 60 I think. And merchandise. Yeah, and, yeah. Merchandise. Yeah, so it should at least break even that they'll want to go ahead and pull through with a, a second, so... Because you got the DVD and Blu-ray sales, and then, you know, all the digital downloads for, like, iTunes and stuff like that, so, I mean... You know, obviously people are looking at it from more of a, you know, box office perspective. But it movies always make stuff, you know, in the, you know, when it comes on to DVD and all this other stuff. And I, I think they make money when they, you know, they like cable gets the rights. You know, they have to buy the rights to it to put it, to play it on like television. Like if FX wants to play it, they have to pay for. Oh, the even rights if to HBO that. or anybody right. else wants to play it, I mean, they have to pay to use it. Right. So I mean. They'll make their money back that way as well. I wonder how much of their commitment to all the stuff that we're talking about right now. That's kind of kind of well. Let's wait and see down the line. 
what happens, but I mean, how much of their willingness to have a plan in sequence has to do with that versus the fact that you need to replace Harry Potter with something? What? Yeah, I didn't make out a <laughs> I think it's just been revealed that Dan's a robot. <laughs> what? None of us understood what you just said. Oh, God. Are you, it actually sounded like you were calling from a cell phone and you were cutting out. <laughs> oh. Am I clear right now? No, not really. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Harry Potter at the end of that, so I'm just going to assume we're talking about the fact that, you know, we all pretty much know Harry Potter is going to be the big summer blockbuster, and, and, and you know, I don't think anything was, was ever going to compete with that. And, you know, I think Green Lantern is... Is definitely up there in the summer movies. It's just, you know, it's not necessarily going to make as much as we, we hoped it would. You know, that's where I was going at all. No. I, think, <laughs> I think what he was getting at was uh, Warner Brothers is going to want to make Harry Potter into a Green Lantern to continue the <laughs> franchise. Ah, you're stupid. Can you hear me? <laughs> so, Harry Potter, uh, you have the ability to overcome great fear. I think we've seen Welcome it. Welcome to the <laughs> hey, if if they make all three Green Lantern movies, maybe I'll get a prequel with Alan Scott. I don't think that's going to come out unless it's direct-to-DVD, but I'd love to see that as well. <laughs> you probably have a better chance of the Lantern cast doing an episode of uh, Alan Scott before that happens. True, true. <laughs> I don't... What? Do you hear me now? I don't even... Going on. How's your, how's your internet connection there, Dan? Good. Excellent. He sounds like one of the adults in Charlie Brown. Anything else on the movie? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Has anyone played the game yet? No. Oh, not played it yet. Can I introduce any spoilers that won't give too much away, or does anybody no. have a problem with that? No. 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 no, no. No, I'll no. just sit here quiet. I got, a, I got a good spoiler for the mobile game. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well worth the dollar. It's a I dollar. considered it and I declined. <laughs> How is the gameplay for 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 the for the Xbox and the PlayStation game? It's um action adventure RPG plays. A lot of people are comparing to like God of War in terms of just like how you control the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you, the, the Xbox and the PS3 version are different than the Wii and the uh, 3DS versions. So if you have a Wii and an Xbox, definitely get both of them. Because they really? are very right. different games. Yeah. <clears throat> do do the actors do the voices, or they got don't someone else doing the voices? No, they um, don't. Yeah, yeah, not, not all of it. Apparently, the select titles, Ryan Reynolds did do voices for, but I don't think everyone did. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> did, but most of the other characters didn't, no. Yeah, the Wii... The Wii version has none of the original, none of the cast. No, that's why if you see the box cover art um, on the 360 and the PS3 one, it actually has a picture of Ryan Reynolds, but the Wii and the 3DS one has a uh, animated picture. Oh, okay, I, I've, I've seen that on the DC um, website. Yeah. Okay. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the the PS3 and the 360 version has excellent drop-in drop-out play. So if you have somebody else in your house that just wants to play with you, um, the second bubbles. player... Pardon? Someone's blowing bubbles. Does anybody hear that? Is it Mindy? <laughs> I, uh, I think that's me. I accidentally hit a, 
To be fair, I'm muting it every time I drink. Give me a callback or something. (laughs) What? I don't know. Did he just... Yeah, Yeah, he dropped. He's going to call back, he said, I think. Oh. (laughs) How funny will it be when I don't pick up? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dan, try and talk now. Now Now that he's gone, can you hear me? Yes! Yeah, slightly better. (laughs) (laughs) He's been holding me back all this time. (laughs) God. The thing I was trying to say before (laughs) was I wonder how much... And you go again! I hate you. (laughs) Uh, I wonder how much the students want to go ahead with a sequel at this point. has to do with the fact that the Harry Power... Franchise ending. <laughs> Harry Parry? <laughs> Harry Power? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was fun. It's only funny because when he got on, he said he was surprised how we could have this many people and it not be messing up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only one with the problem. Yeah. So when do we get to the point where we actually, you know, are nice to you guys and, you know, thank you for putting out a hundred podcasts and go over all the wonderful accomplishments like Dan, <laughs> like Dan telling you that you're in a figment of his imagination and you Never. know, of course, getting to meet Lauren. And... If you encourage him, it'll, you know, if you, if you give him, a, you know, advice, it'll only, it'll only encourage him, Jacob. So we don't want to do that. You know? Oh, okay. All right. Just checking. Um, well, I was actually going to ask if anybody had a, a favorite episode or anything. Mm. <laughs> and that answer. <laughs> I personally enjoy the all the Elts worlds, and I definitely like Stan, Dan's mosaic. But, yeah. Uh, uh, to be honest, I'm not. I, I hate to admit it, but I'm skipping the mosaic because, unfortunately, I just don't have the time to listen to it. So I have all of these mosaics still sitting on my in my iTunes list and on my iPhone that I just have not gotten to listen to yet. So me I too, Jacob. Me too. Hang up on Jacob. <laughs> really at least I didn't them. delete them. I at least admitting it, you know, I have them. <laughs> and I'm from the forum too. Just... <laughs> hey Dan, Dan. What? Yeah, I just delete them. <laughs> Dan, you forget. I know where Point Pleasant is. I like the mosaics, Dan. Yeah, that that actually was it's fun because I I remember reading it when it first came out and. It's kind of fun to go over, like, read them again as I'm listening to the episodes. So those are really good episodes. I like those. He's trapped in the central battery. Hello, Dan. <laughs> well, okay. So, Elseworlds and Mosaic episode, that's... The drunk episode was fun. The drunk episode is a classic. It is. <laughs> I, I would love to do an episode like that again, because that... The... The end result of that episode was... I, I loved it. I love listening to it myself. But... The after effects, like, I was out of commission for, like, three days afterwards. I was just, I was in pain. My whole, I, I just, I wanted to kind of die. But you didn't. But I didn't. But I wanted to. That's how much pain I was in. 
So I'm hey, probably I'm not. A, I'm up for a drinking game episode. A drinking. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Jim, my uh, a local radio station here does a drunk episode every year. Um, actually, they're doing theirs this Friday, and every year they're classic episodes. So, you know. They beat the crap out of themselves for it. Usually take two or three days to recover from it, but they're always worth listening to. So, so I guess what we're saying is suck it up and have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> drink yourself into oblivion, Lantern Gas Boy. <laughs> Kill yourself for our pleasure. No, not yourself, just your liver. Uh. And they're always replaceable. <laughs> Thank you, organ donors. <laughs> so... We made it to 100 episodes, even though episodes, I think, 2 and 3 came out before number 1. They did. <laughs> and I've been listening to, you know, from the beginning, all thanks to Dan, actually, um, who I, I'm sure he would love to speak up if he could. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, – I've there's a couple other LanternCast podcasts that were out at the time, and I was a big CGS person. Um but yours was the only one that was actually of quality where I can actually stand to listen to everyone. Uh, so thank you, guys. Guys, just got to cut in real quick. I just want to say congrats on the 100th. I got to cut out because I got to take uh, my little one off the bed right now. But uh, congrats on the 100th. I've been with you guys since the beginning, too. Just kind of stumbled upon you when I was searching for new podcasts when they cut out my internet connection at work. So, but again, great job, guys. Did you, go so, Did your young one see Green Lantern with you? Uh you know, hold on, Vincent, can you come down here? Come here, Vincent. See what he said, yeah. Ask he didn't, see the, he didn't see the movie, but he's he yeah. plays with the rings and stuff like that. Is he a Flyers fan, too? Yes, he is. Yeah, blasphemy. <laughs> Flyers and Phillies fan. There's only those two players in the Phillies right now. Uh, Penguins Everybody... only. Ah, oh, that's blasphemy. Oh, no. If I ever want to cheer myself up, I'd play the thing of Sidney Crosby getting hit in the Winter Classic. Oh, wow. You say hi to everybody on the Lantern cast? Ready? Say hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hey. Oh, hi. Put this in here. Hold on one sec. So you can hear you guys. All right, try again, guys. Hello. 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 Say hi. Hi. Did you like Green Lantern? Yeah. You gotta say yes. They can't hear you. They can't see you nodding. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you say. Say. Can you do the oath? Say. In brightest day. Okay. In blackest night. Okay. No evil okay. shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. There we go. All right, so we gotta go to bed now. We gotta go to bed now. All right, bye bye guys. Thanks for coming on, Brian. Good night. All right, guys, have a good night. Good night. Night. Gotta say, um, yeah, you guys got me into podcasting in the first place. I'd never listened to any before, and I I typed in Green Lantern, and um, I just I listened to every like the first one of everyone that came up and yours was the only one I liked and now I listen to like five or six different podcasts and I'm start, trying to start my own it's just, you you guys got me into podcasting we just spread completely. the disease yeah <laughs> the despotics of podcasts thank you for, for coming on Mindy you gotta get going yeah I do but thanks anyway and thanks for the podcast honestly it, it got me through school <laughs> glad we could help thanks for coming on Mindy yeah no problem Hi, bye. I'd say you know my I think my theater had the best uh, you know Green Lantern advertising there because before the movie started, we were giving out the uh, Lantern Cast business cards. 
Oh, nice. That's mm, that's, that's awesome cool. because uh, even me and Dan weren't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in costume giving them out, so hey. <laughs> You've scared people away from our sh- <laughs> Oh my god, we can hear him. Ah. Dan? Don't Jim? <laughs> okay, uh... Did you lose somebody else? Jacob? <laughs> yeah, so we lost Jeff. <laughs> yep. We lost Jeff a while ago and he had to cut out. He said he got eaten by Squishy. Yes. Now, when everyone went to the movie, did how, how much Green Lantern gear did you wear? Full costume with a Red Lantern shirt under it so I could rip off the costume if it sucked. <laughs> I just went in a Sinestro Corps shirt with the light-up Sinestro Corps ring. The first night, and then the second night, I went with a Green Lantern shirt with a Green Lantern light-up ring. I went with the Lantern cast shirt on. I went with a uh, lantern, a Green Lantern hat uh, shirt. It was a Hal Jordan uh, comic cover. And the movie ring. Yeah, I just wore a blank shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's like, I wore plaid. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I didn't give it any forethought. I just like got dressed and like, all right, movie. <laughs> Did you think of it just like that? Movie! Yeah, yeah, but I walk out the door. Wait, pants. All right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the advantage of doing that was the the guy at the movie theater knew exactly what I wanted to see, so I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> now, yeah, they were walk like, up, "Walk up in full costume, Kung Fu Panda 2. We kind of did that. They're like, "So you're here to see Green Lanterns?" Like, "No, what are you talking about? We're we're seeing Kung Fu Panda and stuff like that." So, <laughs> Mr. Popper's Penguins. Kung Fu Andy. I told him it was just laundry day. <laughs> So, Dan, Jim, I mean, you were the two who got together and started the podcast. What are your greatest moments of, of the Lantern Cast first 99 episodes? I was going to say, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Because um, no I one mean, can I'm hear honest. you. I don't yeah, know. That's, that's, you that's what, easy. What you... I know. What? Uh, the episode where you're like, you know what? I'm going to take some time off from the Lantern Cast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. Because when you got when you sell into your like one every two month release schedule and yeah, that's awesome. Nice comeback. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best with your sound quality being so horrible. (laughs) Well, I gotta call it a night. I gotta get up early in the morning. Okay. But uh, thanks for a hundred episodes, and uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on, Jamie. Not a problem. Thanks. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, we'll talk See to you. you. Bye. Bye. And then there were five. Oh, you, you think there's five? I I don't think that there's five. Hello. There's a sixth person. There's a sixth person that refuses to say anything right now. <laughs> Is it Zoe? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess technically there would be six then if you count her. <laughs> is, is Lauren in the room? Yes. Since when does Lauren refuse to say something? I Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Yeah, they can't hear. You. She she can't hear you. Oh, what was that, Jim? <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> we have John. We have Rachel. We have Dan. Kind of. And we have Jacob. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> And a slow release of air, apparently. <laughs> hi, Lauren. It's silence. Oh, hi! Hi! Yay, we can hear her. 
That's like the worst episode ever. <laughs> That's what it should be called. Episode 100. Worst episode ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody done the math? Like, what number are we actually at? Uh, give me a second and I can tell you. Are we counting the the, the, the .5 episodes? You need to. As, as half. Says, no, you don't count the .5 episodes. And you you count them count, as half. You don't count if you them. add them all up, there's at least two or three episodes right there, then. 126, not including the um, the one that was released just on the website. You're recording your 100th episode, and really you have 126 episodes? You're a fucking douche. Is that including all the mosaics? <laughs> We're just going to do a DC, number everything in, in like three years. Might yeah, as well last three years. We'll have a relaunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minus mosaic, it's 110. You're way off. Like way off. <laughs> There'll be a crisis, and then we'll start back to number one. So you're claiming this is your hundredth episode, and you have 126. <laughs> Math. Math. Algebra. Numbers. You're fired. Uh-huh. You are fired. Hey, we're doing DC math. Don't worry. Yeah. When we start hey, getting close point? to, when they start getting close to epi- episode two hundred, they'll just renumber it up to two hundred, and then when we're past two hundred, we'll have, like I said, some kind of crisis or something like that, and go back to number one. This is DC it math, my ass. If this is how <laughs> you calculate numbers, I don't know if I would procreate with you. Okay. <laughs> Hey, one of the Green Lanterns is a sentient mathematical equation. (laughs) If you're a Green Lantern fan, you have to be able to do some math. I think he dies a little every time we celebrate an anniversary (laughs) episode. (laughs) He's just down to like two or three numbers instead of a whole equation now. (laughs) I think he died in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, funny story. I, uh, I got a friend request on Facebook from, like, somebody apparently I went to high school with. And what's hysterical is I have their phone number on my cell phone. No idea who this person is. I know it's the same person because wow. I have the full name, the first and the last name. Oh, wait, how many people did you go to high school with? Oh, my God, so many. It's not even funny. I went to private Great. school. There was, like, several hundred in my graduating class. That's it? <laughs> What do you mean that's it? We had about a thousand. Like 300 people in my graduating class, probably. We had almost a thousand. No, no. I recognize the name, but, like, I can't picture who it is. Like, no clue. Like, I definitely know, like, the name. I think he might have actually heard a request to me on, like, MySpace, like, decades ago. And, like, I might have been like, oh, hey, how's it going, kind of thing. And, like, whatever. Hey, player. But, uh, seriously, I'm like, I just looked at my yearbook, I'm like, yep, no recollection, I don't think I ever spoke to this person, like, actually, like, best friends kind of thing, and I was friends with a lot of people, so I seriously have no idea. But it also says he went to Hofstra, so I'm thinking maybe, like, I got his number because we were in a class together, and, like, people that I recognized from high school with, like, that were in my same classes, like, whatever would, like, help each other out with, like, work or whatever when you didn't, like, want to go to class. It's like, hey, can I get your notes? Because if you missed a day of college, like, you're fucked. So I'm thinking that's probably why I have his number. No idea who this person is. 
I love your stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First off, 300 people in your graduating class? Wow. Yep. I, I, I'm shocked. I would not know. Wow. I'm going to guess you had 3,600 people in your graduating class. Is that right? <laughs> no, 56. And one of them was homeschooled. We didn't even know who the fuck she was. <laughs> uh, and really, I mean, I took exams in college drunk, still drunk from the night before, and still made Dean's List. Hey, good for you, man. Don't be fucking... It's all memorization, regurgitation. It's just... Uh... Jacob's a geek. <laughs> You're so not. mean! You're so mean! <laughs> Jacob's not a Facebook keeper for his geek. <laughs> yes, yes. Nerd kind of comes off with that connotation of I have no social skills. And I... I, I... I'm or not don't having social skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think nerd, I think... <laughs> what did? <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like that. Is Dan here? In spirit. (laughs) Dan, can you hear us? I can't hear you. Yeah. Oh, there he is. It's so far away. Little, little, teeny boy. Dan sounds so sad. What an awesome 100th episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Jacob. This needs to be called Worst Episode Ever. What the fuck are you people Oh, and there's a whole other night of this, too. <laughs> we talked about the movie. Because one bad night wasn't enough. <laughs> we talked about the most important. Well, yes. we, 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 we talked about nothing but the movie. <laughs> as long as you covered the most important. And that would be? Obviously, you didn't talk about it. We they did. Don't know. Well, we talked about a bunch of things. Oh, yeah? He doesn't realize what the most important thing is. Ryan Reynolds' that's abs? That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Thank you, Lauren. Abs. Hotness. <sighs> it was four shirtless scenes, and they were all him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So what else did you talk about on episode fake 100? Well, I told everybody to come up with, like, you know, their, their favorite episodes of the Lantern cast. And, uh... Maybe Mine is any... still when Dan calls you imaginary. Uh, really? Because... We all know what the best episode was, and it was the Valentine's Day episode with me. So, I don't understand <laughs> why you all didn't agree on that. I personally think that was the best, too. <laughs> See? See? That's right. Yep. It's unanimous. Yep. Wasn't that the one? <laughs> that was the one without you, Dan. That was the one without you. <laughs> Wasn't that the one where you hit by a car? <laughs> you, know what's yeah. Yeah. You, know what's, you know what's hysterical? Like Chip. <laughs> I made a joke about Really enjoying when Dan announced that he wasn't going to be on the Lantern Cast for a while. And you just announced that your favorite episode was the episode where Dan wasn't on. It wasn't the fact that Dan wasn't on. Uh, it was the fact that I was on for most of the time. You're on for the whole time! <laughs> Listen, this is episode 100. We're phoning this one in. Tell them our good news, Jimmy. Yes, because now we're all dead silent. We really want to know. We're having a baby. Congrats! Just kidding. Oh. Is that the one from in the fridge or what? <laughs> no, I mean, you're having no, a baby. We gave that one to Chad. Listen, <laughs> this is episode 100. This is the oven baby. Refrigerator babies, oven babies. My God, what are, what's the world coming to? Bye, guys. What? It- Lauren's going. <laughs> See you, Lauren. Bye, Lauren. They say bye.
Dan, are you there? I am. I can't. I, I don't know why you're you're not you know more more involved with this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one involved in the train wreck. Uh, more participation. Hear me. <laughs> what was your favorite episode, Dad? A quiet one, apparently. <laughs> oh, he's he's typing something. Okay, so Dan wrote, Jacob, read this. <laughs> I'm going to read it anyway. <laughs> I, say, I don't see it, so... Yeah, um, Jacob, read this. I can't pinpoint any one episode or moment. I always just think of this show as one big collective thing. I get to talk about my favorite thing with other people who love it just as much. It's been like three years or something, and it doesn't feel that way. Until Jim starts talking. Then it feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> I am forever. Highlander! Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> what's what's completely ironic about that whole statement is that uh, how he talks about... I get to talk about my favorite thing with other people who love it just as much. And on the 100th episode, we can't even hear him. <laughs> yes. He looks forward to doing uh, commentary for the... DVD. Typing, but we can't hear her speaking. <laughs> like suggested, I mean, just uh, the DVD alone, just for the Oa scenes to pause and look at. I mean, that is just Easter egg galore right there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many different Green Lanterns they actually created. Uh, well, you d- I mean, I did see the Lost Lanterns in there. The who? The Lost Lanterns. Oh yeah. And you only really see Jack T. Chance from the back. You could see the, the the trench coat. That's why. Oh. Um, but uh, like I said on the forums, I was the only person who stood up and cheered for Buzz when he showed up on the screen. <laughs> well, you know they changed it from a fly to a wasp. So I mean, I don't cheer for wasps. He still looked cool. White Anglo-Saxon <laughs> Protestants. Yes. <laughs> like how would? Uh, okay, I think uh, I think we'll wind down this uh, part one of episode 100. I think we right. winded down a while ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll be right back. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Hi, this is Phil Lamar, John Stewart on Justice League Unlimited, and you're listening to The Lantern Cast. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we're we're still on episode 100, although now it's a different night, and uh, we have a brand new cast of characters. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, guys, um, oh, first let's start off with Sean. Uh, Sean, since it's been what 25 episodes since we've spoke with you last, yes, sir. 
So why don't you give us an update to what's going on with you and Fracture and everything else? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, ever since the uh, last time I was here, like things have been uh, massively busy. We hit our uh, fundraising goal, actually went over it. Um, we raised over $4,000 for Fracture and Action Lab. And, and since then, I've just been on my hustle and grind for Action Lab trying to help promote uh, Fracture. Uh, Fracture Issue 1 was in uh, previews last month. Uh, Fracture Issue 2 is in previews for June. Um, and number three will be in previews for July. Number three is the final issue of the three-issue miniseries. So you're know, trying to promote these books, trying to get comic book stores to actually believe in, a, uh, in, in an independent publisher to purchase the book. We got the numbers for issue one. Not bad, not great, but um, still in an area where Diamond won't yell at us and scold us for being small. Uh, but it's it's a good start. So... You know, hopefully the the numbers for issue two will probably trickle down a bit, but we hope that they don't, you know, go far too, you know, too far down. But it's still been quite a learning experience, you know, trying to not only be a leader, but trying to make sure that you maintain your focus because, you know, this is like I call it my second full time job. My other full time job is my nine to five. So two full time jobs and trying to balance that out. On top of things on the side, because you still got to do stuff for you, like, you know, podcasting and, and trying to have a little bit of quiet time for yourself. And also, you know, being married, you know, because you got to you know make your wife happy. If you don't do that, hell, I might as well just go ahead and get out of the house right now. So, <laughs> so you know, trying to balance all that has been kind of difficult for me. I will admit and attest to that. But I, I love it. I, I, you know, I love, you know, being the president of Action Lab. And, you know, it, even, you know, title, title withstanding, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. We got um, more books coming down the pipeline. Um, we've got two new books that are being solicited in August. Uh, Princeless, which you know we think is going to be a really big deal. It's going to be a great all ages book. And um, you know we're challenging the uh, the Disney stereotypes of fairy tales and whatnot with this book. It's written by uh, um, oh shoot, uh, Jim. I, don't, I, don't, I hate messing up names. But it's written by Jeremy Whitley with art by M. Goodwin. And it's going to be a fantastic book. And Shine Gabrin is written. A one a one shot horror book called A Snowed In, which we're really anxious for everybody to see. And I want to say the arts by uh, Rick London, Lundeen, if if memory serves me right. So really excited about that too. And and uh, we just signed um, signed a couple more deals for a couple more books. So and we're about to you know push our digital initiative starting next month. Um, which you know I'm responsible for, so you know we got we you know everybody's busy. We we've got our hands uh, tied, you know, all tied up, and we got things that uh, really cut out for us. But you know, between myself and Dave the Watch and Chad and uh, and Sean Gabrin, you know, we've been busting our butts, and everybody that's making helping to make books for Action Lab have been busting their butts too, and it's it's been a good ride. Awesome. Um, now between all the the hustle and bustle. Have you gotten a chance to see Green Lantern in the movies yet? Um, no, I have not. Although I did sneak, I did sneak in after watching uh, Super Eight um, to uh, see like about fifteen minutes before like the uh, custodian was like, "Hey, what you doing?" <laughs> and, uh, and so like, I, I snuck out. Now, a lot of my friends have seen it, and out of all the friends that I've seen it, I say about eleven have told me. I've gotten two, it's okay, and I've gotten eight, no. <laughs> they, you know, they have eight friends that just despise the movie, and you know, and some of them are comic book fans, some are not. But um, the, my, the two friends have said that they kind of liked it. Um, you know, it still has some differences with it, but I still want to see it with my own eyes. I want to judge it with my own eyes and just want to walk in, 
And I want to see, um, I want to see it. I, I definitely want to see it for one reason. I want to see Sinestro because Mark Strong looks like a convincing Sinestro. That more than anything else is like one of the main reasons I want to watch the film. It's a good reason. Oh, one last thing. Yes. One, one, one last thing. As far as a special moment from, um, from Lantern cast, I got to say, like, long, long time ago, when Jason, like, asked if, um, if, like, if I would hop on with you guys to do the, uh, like, a Blackest Night issue, where we talked about a couple issues of Black, uh, we talked about a couple issues of Blackest Night, plus those tie-ins, including the Titans tie-in. Yes. Um, I st- you know, I still remember that because I, I remember getting up at like eight thirty in the morning to like reread those books again and take notes because I was like, you know, Jason asked me to be on this show, and if my ass ain't on point, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm not having this man come to my house and beat me up because I'm not on point <laughs> for Landering Cast. I'm so badass. You're coming to my house. Exactly. (laughs) So, but I just really remember, you know, being on there and having a good time. It was like, um, you know, myself and and you, Jim, and um, and Dan, and um, I had I had a really good time, and we really got deep into the book. And actually, to be honest, if you if if I didn't come on the show to do that, I don't think I would have read the rest of Blackest Night. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, that was the the issue that uh, Jen got turned to uh, salt. Yes, and I was quite salty because of that. I didn't I did not like that at all. I was bitter, but <laughs> we had such a good time reading through all that stuff that I got that I went through and I kept reading it, and um, you know, and I dug it. Yes, that was that was definitely a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one fondly as well. And hopefully, it was an easy one to edit. <laughs> I, I can't even remember at this point. That was that was a while ago. That was a lot of episodes ago. Oh yeah. Um, but no, um, but no. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to like hold up everybody because I know like everybody's got stuff to say, and I don't want to hog up all the time and whatnot. But um, you know, I just like the fact that you guys have always been a very positive podcast. You know, positive, but yet when you need to be critical, you are critical, and you know, you're really good people. And, you know, and that's um, for all y'all, like, you know, especially Jason, like, man, if Jason has like helped me so much, uh, more than more than people know. Um, and, you know, Jason is just a really, really, you know, great, really, really great dude. Damn it. We lost somebody. Um, Jason, um, you know, is a great friend. He's a great man. And I'm thankful for everything that like, you know, he's done. You guys, you know, you know, um, Jim, <laughs> Jim, uh, Chad, um, all you guys were like so supportive of like Action Lab and Fracture and stuff. You don't understand. That means everything to me and it means everything to the guys at Action Lab. You know, because like your guys' words spread on and carry to other people and that becomes a catalyst for somebody else to spread it to somebody else and so forth and so forth. And so, you know, don't ever think for a second that like I take you guys for granted because I don't. I, you know, I appreciate you. So please don't stop doing what you're doing. Sean, um, I got to say, like, the, the way that you handle yourself and that combined with like all the products that you are putting out, um, they're all quality. So it's, it's never us having to be like, you know, oh yeah, let's just go through the motions because we like Sean and, you know, promote, promote the books even though we don't care. You know, we never have to do that because of the high quality. Well, well, thank you. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. Oh, go ahead, sir. 
And while you're on the air, I wanted to say something to you. Two things. One, after meeting you at Super Show, you are now the guy I judge any other business I work with. And I want to say that you are the face now. So if I ever have a job, I want my boss to be like Sean Pryor. That is, that is, that is how you get stuff done, and that is how you should get stuff done. And the other thing I wanted to say is, as much as I love Fracture, you need to crack a whip over Duanch's head so we can get some more tales in the uh, back in the day tradition. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, back in the day is going to be digital very very soon, and um, we actually just opened up a little store on the Action Lab website so people can actually buy co- remaining copies of Back in the Day print copies. So, um, but as far as a sequel or something like that, that's all on Dave. I know Dave is a man of many ideas. And he's got like a lot of stuff in the pipeline too, so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, like he, he's like he's like the pitch man. It's like me and him. It's like Kirby. It's like Kirby and Stan Lee without us cussing and without like you know us cussing at each other all the time. So um, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. You know, we got a great team. So, but no, but thank you, Chad. You know, those words are really uh, that's really nice of you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, well deserved. Huh? I just said well deserved. Oh. Sure. Um. Be Sean, before we let you go, uh, does anybody else have any questions for Sean? Uh, this is Matt. I just want to say I enjoyed the first one, and I was uh, proud to be part of the whole Kickstarter, and I just want to say thanks. Uh, and I appreciate your podcast as well, and uh, everything you're putting out, uh, I'm digging. So you're doing, you're doing, you got a fan over here. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, man. You know, I, I got to stay on that hustle, man. The podcast actually helps me keep my own sanity. Seriously, um, with everything that's going on, so you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still doing it biweekly to the best of my abilities with everything else. But um, I, it's seriously, it's one of the fun things I get to do. So, not saying that making comics isn't fun because it is, but like the podcast, it's all my own doing, and I can do whatever I want to with it. So, I'm glad you dig it, and, and thank you for the support. Well, your uh, your one of the latest episodes with Daryl was hilarious. You had great chemistry with him. And your guest as well, and that was very, very fine. And uh, it's, it was edited well too. I gotta say, your 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 your, your bumper music is is quite at the pole. So I, oh. I like it. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm very anal retentive when it comes to editing, extremely, <laughs> because like the episode that's coming out tomorrow, because um, like well, as of this recording, like I'm so anal retentive, I can listen to a show even though I've edited it to pieces. Like, one episode might take me two days to edit. Like, if you know, as far as hours go, two days to edit. And I'll listen to an episode, and there still be things that, I'm, that, I, that I'll hear. I'm like, oh, I missed that. But I'm like, but you, you know, you were able, I was able to edit all, out all these ums and errs and all that stuff, but I'll still miss one or two, and I'll still be mad at myself. <laughs> so I'm, I can be real anal retentive about this stuff, but, uh, but thank you. Um, I love music. I love hip-hop. I love R&B. I love good pop music. Um, every now and then, some Metallica. But um, I, I, musical bumpers really are really cool because it just really helps the show flow. So I got to put them in there. Awesome. Well, I got nothing but love for you, brother. Well, I appreciate it, fam. I got nothing but love for you, man. I'll see you in Las Vegas real soon. Hell yes. We are going <laughs> to go to Tejas de Brazil, Hello? where it's all the meat you can eat. Yes. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> How much yes. food you eat at this place? Uh, yes, I, I had. I left bacon on my plate the last time I went there. Yeah, you don't ever leave food on your plate. Hell no! <laughs> bacon, not even bacon. Bacon's my favorite food group. Oh, <laughs> Jason, Jason, I just want to yeah. give you a heads up. We just added Corwin to the group, 
and the first thing that he heard was... (laughs) (laughs) Your soliloquy to uh, bacon. Yes, and and, how how much meat there is. (laughs) <laughs> and it wasn't even me talking so I was, uh... That's awesome. uh, it's a shame I don't eat beef or pork then huh oh dude <laughs> oh we lost car ones we? Um, yeah that's cause Sean's here he's too cool for his router I told you I'm, I'm sorry don't, I'm, don't worry I'm about to go soon I'm about to go <laughs> we're talking smack about beef and pork <laughs> We, uh, it, it turned off the recording for a second when we lost Corwin. Holy crap. Oh. Okay. Uh, we're, everything's going back to normal, though. But, uh, At least you noticed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I'll let you get going, Sean. All right, no problem. No, seriously, um, to all of y'all, you know, thank you so much for, like, the support, the love, the, re- <clears throat> the respect, all that stuff, and... You know, you guys know, even though I might be busy 24-7, y'all need something, please just holler at me, and I'll help you however I can. Awesome. That's Thank right. He, he's, got a, he's got a red phone in his office we can call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Commissioner Gordon calls me every now and then. So uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. But, no, much love for y'all. And, um, like I said, just get a hold of me. And, you know, if I got time, I'll rap to you. So y'all take care, all right? Sounds good. And congratulations on 100. Take it easy. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, <Bye>. Chad. <laughs> <laughs> what? Y'all guys keep y'all keep cutting out. I don't know what was going on. Done. Am I the only one hearing that? Yeah. <laughs> Sean, Sean was like... I'm the only one hearing it. Sean was like, you know, it's like, hey, man, guys, I just want to say congratulations on 100. And you're like... Psh! And you like start talking right over him. It's like, oh, like... Guess we'll never Way to go, Chad. <laughs> you wonder why you're still being hazed. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so Sean, Sean is out. He's gone. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> what you call it? Uh, what Sean doesn't realize is that, you know how, like, with DC... Every crisis, a flash must die. <laughs> That's not true. Even the crisis had no dead flash. But, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The same. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Jacob had to go and ruin it. I'm not, I'm not even going to go into it now. I'm confused. <laughs> I didn't even say anything. Episode. No, it wasn't Jacob. Oh. Every anniversary episode has to have a Sean Pryor. Wait, who was it? I don't know, but it wasn't Jacob. Because oh, yeah, trust me, I would take credit for for ruining something. I really oh would. my god, we have too many people on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yes, as Jason said, every twenty fifth episode it must have a Sean Pryor on it. Ah. Okay, well, uh, Joseph, did you go to Great Adventure or Six Flags today? Yes, I did twice. Okay, so, time. so tell us about it. Well, um, it was pretty awesome, actually. Uh, it's one of the slower rides that I've ever been on. It's only like 35 miles an hour. Okay. So, um, and I was kind of uh, nervous about the, the twisting, I mean, the, the rotating of it, because it does, it rotates you like back and forth, back and forth. 
I didn't know how that was going to come out, you know. Um, but it was actually pretty cool. I wrote it twice and uh, got to shake Jeff John's hand on my way up to the line. So that was like the most awesome part of the day. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Yeah, I never uh, got to meet him at any of I've been to Comic Con twice. I've never got to meet him. So I got to shake his hand, got, take a picture with him, and uh, and then go on the ride twice. So Very cool. And I did videotape the first time. Um, which if I would have dropped my camera, my wife would have killed me. But uh, I videotaped the first time when I went on it, and I'll go ahead. And, I don't know if I can figure out how to post that anywhere, but I can put that on there, and I can get a bunch of pictures up there too. So, on the on the forums. So awesome, very cool. cool. If you don't, if you don't mind, uh, I need to go. I, if I can see a message, uh, say one last thing, and then uh, and, uh, and and that might be less people. If that's okay. This is Matt. Okay. All right. Uh, I just want to say congrats on the hundred. That's awesome. And uh, to, uh, to, keep, to continue going and putting it out uh, monthly and weekly, it's not easy to do. And I just want to appreciate all the hard work uh, of all the hosts and uh, especially the producers that do this. And I just want to say uh, I look forward to another 100. And, uh, and uh, I'm glad to, to be part of uh, not only uh, a nice community on the forums, but also a fan of the Green Lantern itself. And uh, I enjoyed the movie. I saw it and uh, even uh, did the midnight showing. And that was crazy. But um, it was, uh, I, I liked it. So I just want to pass along uh, congrats. And hope everyone has a good night. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Okay. Okay, Jacob? I will gladly bow out. Enjoy, guys. <laughs> Take care, Jacob. Take it easy. Take care, Jacob. Let's see. So, basically, everybody knows each other here except for Joe. Joe's the new guy. Since we couldn't really, you know, talk too well <laughs> before. Um, yeah, so you got to meet Jeff Johns, uh, sh- shake his hand. And you said you took a video? Yes, I held my uh, camera while I was on the ride, and I was barely able to hold on to it because it flips you around so much, and actually got a video of, like, the perspective of being on the ride. Oh, my God. Cool. That's cool. That, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I can't wait to see that, actually. It might not be very viewable. It might give someone a headache to re- watch it, but I'll check it out and see what it looks like and maybe <laughs> get it on there. I'm pinning all my hopes and dreams on you, Joe. <laughs> well, I'll do my best. Uh, you're on the forums as Hal Jordan 2814 Yes. And I wanted to say, Corwin, you were wondering about uh, people responding to your review, and uh, I'm still waiting for time to do that, but I will respond to it. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the movie review? <laughs> yes, yes. Nice, honest one, though. I liked it. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to the episode. I haven't listened to it yet. Which one's that, 99 or? Yes, 99. That's the spoiler-free uh, review. Yes. Uh, yes. So are Seems... you going to do a spoiler-filled review? Well, that's kind of this one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think, James, in the first part, we had some spoilers, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, you definitely said in the first part that, th- that you, we would be spoiling things. Yes. I, uh, I think I said that we would be spoiling things, and then we decided to not talk about the movie at all, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you talked for, about it for quite a bit in the first part. Okay, thank God. <laughs> yeah, Sean, was it, Sean had some good conversation about it. And I did see the movie again for the <clears throat> time. So uh, <laughs> it's pretty much and, and being on this episode is like really awesome. It makes it a huge Green Lantern Day for me, so I wanted to thank you guys for... Uh, you know, all your work that you put into the episodes. And uh, I'm still at episode, like, 
55 because I'm a year behind on my reading. But, uh, you know, I keep listening to you guys. I listen to you guys while I work. And I know that it takes a lot of time out of your guys' days. And you guys are probably the most awesome podcast I've listened to. Oh, thank so you. Thanks. Doesn't actually take that much time out of our days. Mo- mostly James. James. Mostly my day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, James. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome, Joe. Well, but the days in Ireland are longer, right? <laughs> if, only. if he's only up to 55, though, we really shouldn't be giving James any credit right now. Thanks. What an ass. Chad, now you're going to get hazed by James. <laughs> oh, Chad, just wait till I have to edit your bits. <laughs> He's going to make you sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just don't make him sound like uh, Christian Bale's Batman voice. That would be awesome. <laughs> awful. Well, well, wouldn't it be awesome or awful? Eh, probably awful, yeah. I meant awful. <laughs> oh. oh, Chad. Well, that was like the time that we were going to record uh, the first time, the interview with Denny O'Neill. Yeah. Um, and I was getting laryngitis. Like, after that, like, that weekend, like, I got complete laryngitis. I had no voice. But that Monday, I go into work, and I'm talking, and my coworker's like, oh, my God, you sound exactly like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, your, secret, your secret was out then. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I want you to say, oh, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> oh man and everything I said that day they'd just be like crack it up because it sounded like Batman was saying it uh, okay um, so what do you guys think of the way uh, Ryan changed his voice in the movie well, to yeah. try to trick Carol well that was the oh, yeah. uh, like a, an echo effect right thing right yeah <laughs> I just love the fact she saw right through it right through his uniform right through his mask and everything yeah, that was cool. You know, realistic take. Yes. Yeah, it took her a minute, which was a little bit of an explanation to why n- not everyone recognized him, but uh, she did, yeah. yeah. That's how it should be. Yep. So we're, so we're talking about the movie now? Yay? Sure, Finally, why I can, I can, I can say I can say what I've been wanting to say for a while. Well, Let it out. It's not like you've been sitting on a review that you don't want colored by anybody else for weeks. <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> That's not like me at all. Um, <laughs> I said on the forums at least, B plus. Um, and there are two things I think could have made it better. No parallax. Save him for the second movie. And and you know how like in comic books nowadays, especially with the Jeff John stories, something will happen later on that makes something that happened earlier make sense. If you did that with parallax and Hector Hammond's power. It would have been made for an awesome movie. Plus, you would have devoted more time to developing Hector Hammond as a character. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I was at the theater, and I've seen it twice, each time they showed Hector Hammond, you know, in his fully evolved form, somebody snicker. Yeah, somebody, somebody in the audience would laugh at some point, and and the. I don't know. If, I don't think Hector Hammond should be the kind of person you laugh at. And if you do laugh, 
you're immediately captivated by the character afterwards because of how twisted he is. I mean, it shouldn't just be full on and you don't take this guy seriously at all at any point. And uh, the other thing I think, I mean, everybody said it I, as far as I know, more time on Oa, but something specifically I think could have made it a lot better was when uh, Hal and Kilowog are fighting, if they did it like they do in the comics, right in front of everybody, like all the all the recruits or all the corpse members. Yeah. That 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 could have just been a simple scene change, and have it done in front of everybody. That could have made the, the time on Oa a lot more valuable. Yeah, well, basically, if they had made it seem like, and this will may be revealed in deleted scenes, but if they made it seem like he had spent more time on Oa training. Yeah, more than the 10 minutes that it seemed like he, he did there. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have taken care of that if they just had Carol like, wow, where have you been? You know, you haven't, I haven't seen you in a month. True. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, even if it, if it, even if he spent like a week there. Yeah. I mean, you know? they, could have, they could have done a simple caption, you know, one month later, two weeks later. Yeah. But for me, the most disappointing was just the ending fight. It's just... It's like for a sci-fi movie, they give you this big, huge enemy that is Parallax. And then you would expect the core to sweep in and just have this huge, you know, on-screen battle, especially with 3D, you know, blasts flying past you and lanterns flying past you and through the camera. You know, just I expected something a bit more grandeur when it came to that final battle. Uh, But Corwin, Corwin, everybody else was like on Oa getting ready to shoot their rings aimlessly into the sky. (laughs) (laughs) They were busy. They aimed. (laughs) So was that blast eventually supposed to reach Parallax? Just like, out of nowhere, (laughs) just eventually at the end of the movie, here it comes. But that was in the the original script, though, I think. I think that's one of the... I believe that's one of the... Well, maybe not... um, I think it wasn't actually the original version anyway, but... I think that's one of the differences that Campbell and John's had about the ending. I think John. That's what. So when people talk about that, basically John's got everything he wanted. I don't think he did because I think John's wanted the ending to be, yeah, with Sinestro and Kilowog and Tomar Ray and 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 at least those members of the core and Hal beating Parallax. But Campbell wanted it to be Hal beating Parallax on his own. They just didn't do a particularly. They could have done a better job at having Hal beat Parallax and showing willpower more than he did than they did. But I think that was what the, in the original ending. I'm pretty sure I was supposed to be a battle between the core and Parallax. And um, well, I was going to say like that would make sense because then after the fight, you have the little scene between like Kilowog and Sinestro and Tomari there. Right. But like, yeah. it makes no sense for them to turn up in the film. They just turn up afterwards and they're like, "Oh yeah, we got here a few seconds late to help you." But it's okay. We stopped you from falling into the sun, so it's grand. <laughs> they, they should they they should have seriously like just made Parallax the big overarching enemy for like the first two movies and then maybe in the third movie make him the real threat because even Hector I kind of feel bad that they killed him in that movie and he's not gonna come back it's just like kind of a waste of that character they could have built him up even if they spent a half hour at the beginning of the movie with Hal on Oa and the last like hour of the movie on Earth was just Hammond and building that whole thing up you know it just didn't seem right. Most of the people I've heard have just wished Hector wasn't even in this movie at all, which I, you know, I can see him being out of it, but uh, at the same time, I still think he is valuable showing the progress.
progression of fear, you know, how it takes someone over. Well, he was, the op- he, he was the opposite of Hal. You know, they show, when they cut the scenes back and forth, you have one character, you know, going more towards willpower and then Hector kind of going the opposite direction. So there's a good dichotomy there, at least. I understood that part of it. Yeah. Uh, and the $10 word of the episode goes to Carwin for dichotomy. <laughs> 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 And Jason, Jason's going to kill me for saying this, but I actually only had one problem with Sinestro. Get the fuck I, out of here. There's no problem. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Sinestro. He wasn't on well, there enough. Well, that's, the only- well, that's, 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 that's definitely a valid point. But the, the point I'm making is, and maybe Jason will agree with me after I say it, though, if, in, if they ever made a movie of, you know, Hal going crazy and, you know, doing all the stuff he did, I would want there to be a, a scene in there where it, you, it made you feel the betrayal. When Sinestro put put the ring on after the credits, it it didn't make sense. Like it it didn't. No, you're right. It, there, huh? I agree with you on that. Yeah, it just it didn't feel like Sinestro was betraying the core. It just seemed like he was doing. It was like a shout out to fanboys. That was it. There was there was no reason for him to put on the ring. Now here's the thing though, when when he fought when he took the other core members to go fight Parallax and most of them died, I mean, they don't show any of it of why he left, who who all he came back with. Um, was there any influence then? I mean, is that something that you were talking about like with John's doing where he lays the seats now and you don't realize it till movie two or three? You know, maybe this is just hey. I, the ring is made. I just want to see what it what it feels like. You know, puts it on, then doesn't put it on again for a, another another movie and a half or another half a movie. Or, I mean, or he can sporadically kind of experiment with the ring, and over time, it kind of corrupts him more and more and more, which would be an interesting concept for them to do. Right. Which is now, what, which is sorry, what I think. I'm sorry, Jason. Which is what I think they were doing because I don't think if they do do a sequel, I don't think like the next time we see Sinestro, he's going to be wearing the yellow ring. I think he's going to be wearing the green ring. But I think exactly like Corwin said that he's ex- that he's experimenting with it. And I think part of part of it was the fact that he supposedly never did feel fear. So I think part of that was the curiosity of what the power of fear was, and that may have been part of what was intriguing him enough to put it on even after the fact that there was no need for him to do it to beat Parallax. But I think, yes, it's the fact that the ring will, event- will corrupt him over time. So you will, And plus, we don't know, in the pro- we don't know context-wise wh- when time, in the right timeline, when that scene we see at the end of the credits actually takes place. It does not necessarily have to take place immediately after the, the events in the story that we see. It could be something that actually happens a little bit down the, down the road, but they're, kinda, but they're showing, giving us like a, a sneak peek at it. But even if yeah, it does... I'm sorry, but even if it does happen right away... I still think it's going to be something where he's kind of doing it on his own, and and no one's going to really know about it till the time comes when, and it's still too late. Yeah, I, if, I, if we do if we do see that in the theater in a, in a second movie, which yeah, I still hope we get because I've, all the groundwork's been laid. The, the second there, the second movie can't help but be better than the first now in my mind. <laughs> and, no, I mean, and, the second one, they need to have him and Sine- Hal and Sinestro going on missions together and, and building up that relationship so exactly. that the betrayal yeah. means so much more at the end. That's, yeah. that's exactly my point. I want to feel that betrayal when Sinestro goes bad. The same way if I were to see a, a, a movie of when Hal goes nuts, I want to feel, oh my God, this shouldn't be happening. What the hell is Hal doing? 
Sinestro doesn't go bad. He goes better. <laughs> I like that. I I really hope the ground the seeds they lay for this for him splitting off is actually like a good a good reason we can kind of relate to with him having problems with the guardians before he decides to strike off on his own. Well, they kind of touched on that. I mean, I think the problem was it was too for people who don't know the mythology, it was a little too subtle. That's why yes, the after as cool as the after credit scene or the mid credit scene was with him, you know, putting the ring on and seeing the Sinestro Corps uniform, as awesome as that was, yes, it doesn't make any sense in the context of the movie because in the movie Sinestro does everything you would expect him to do as a good guy. He does everything, but there are pieces. There are the groundwork is laid basically for him to turn because you start seeing the fact that he's, you know, that. He's not really thrilled with the fact that everything's going on and the Guardians are just sitting there pondering what to do. Then they bother to let him know that, oh, we know what this is, and it's Parallax and you know, blah, blah, blah. And we thought, that, we thought there might be something, a more powerful light than, than the green. We entertained that idea. Or, or we thought about it and we decided not to. And Krona, even though they don't really mention Krona by name, but Krona goes off and does what he does. So all these things, you can see it in Sinestro's eyes that these things are kind of like building up. It's like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, and so you can see the disillusionment, I think. But but you needed you need they, there were more dots that needed to be able to be connected for the average moviegoer. So when he does turn eventually, if there's a sequel, you'd believe it. And by not having the dots and then showing kind of basically ruining ruining the fact that it's going to happen in the mid credit scene. I mean, even if they just had made, I mean, it's an awesome visual. But maybe it would have been just better off just having the having the yellow ring sitting there like imprisoned. Like glowing, and then having Sinestro just like looking at it, and just keep looking at it, and maybe being a little more subtle than having him grab it and put it on right away. Oh, put the symbol in his eye. Put the yes, of course, symbol have in like, his eyes. Have it like reflect in his eyes. Have him look, peer in and look at the ring, maybe then, and then see see the symbol flash like reflect in his eyes. Like so, it makes you wonder whether he's infected, maybe, or whether he's actually coming off the ring and he's just looking at it. So when he, he took the other lanterns to go fight Parallax and a lot of them died, who all came back from that? I don't remember who all was there. Yeah, I don't remember either, actually. It's been a while and since it, I it, how? It, it, how did they come back? It only they showed just, him afterwards. Yeah. So, no, killed Izumot, and I'm pretty sure Stell, but I'm, I don't know if Estelle was killed. I know Izumot was killed. Yeah, I saw that one. So the thing that I'm suggesting, how is he the only one that survived? I mean, unless, you know, Parallax could have said something to him. Parallax could have infected him somehow, and we just don't see those seeds laid out yet. Because he's the only one that survived. He's the only one that made it back. How is that possible? Yeah, see, good this, point. This is, this is what I'm saying, though. That's, that's part of the reason I think they should have... Uh, there's multiple reasons I think they should have kept Parallax until the second movie, because if you opened up with something with um, somehow Abin crashes and still uh, Hector gets infected by Parallax the way he did... But they didn't reveal that Adam is the one that imprisoned Parallax until the second movie. They didn't reveal any of that stuff, which is, um, and it, w- it would make more sense in the second movie because then it would explain why Parallax let Sinestro live. Okay, what if he's part of Parallax and Sinestro and Parallax isn't really dead? What if there's part of him that, that stayed inside Sinestro that you, 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 partly corrupted him, that got him to go after the ring, that got him to embrace fear? That's the reason that he let him live. That's the reason he let him survive after everyone else died. And we get that part in, in part two of the movies. They could do something like that. They could, for, they could do something like that. Something that, again, something that you didn't see in the first movie, but in a timeline, <laughs> it's, it doesn't really conflict. 
Doesn't yeah, well, really they can do a flashback it. scene. Right, and absolutely. And show him, you know, talking to Parallax. The only, the only thing about that is, though, I don't like the idea of Sinestro being corrupted exactly. by Parallax. It's like what Sinestro they did with Hal, the whole cop-out. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It would be a cop-out. He's not corrupted. Like, he embraces fear. You know? Well, I mean, the, the corruption could be there. To... I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, the corruption could be there. It could be a tiny thing. But I don't want that to be the whole reason why he did what he did. He could still have an honest, good reason to disagree with the Guardians and go on his own. But that, that infection may have just pushed him just a little bit too far and over the edge. I don't want it to be a majority of the reason why he decides to split. Yeah, that would be. takes on Parallax purposefully. Yeah. What if he decides that's, what, that's the way he wants to go because of the way the Guardians are going? What if yeah, he's the one that bargains with Parallax and says, hey, you know, let me facilitate this. Let me, you know, join with me. I'll get the ring. They're already making a ring right now. And then I'll start our own core. You know what would be cool is uh, if what we saw get eaten in the sun was, it, I mean, obviously it was Krona, but what if it was just Krona calling himself Parallax and that big circle of the, uh, of the uh, Sinestro core emblem that the Guardians were gathered around and everything, that's where Parallax actually is or the, the actual core of, of because when, when Jeffrey Rush or uh, Tomar said about, you know, it's the collected energies of every will, the, every emotion of will in the, throughout the universe, same thing with fear. The collected emotion of all fear resides in that, that central area rather than in Krona. Uh, and the ring is accessing that central area. And just a complete side note, Chad, um, I got to huh? meet Mindy before you did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Captain Planet, he's a hero. You motherfucker! <laughs> did everybody? Did everybody here see the Emerald Knights animated feature? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Am I the only one that was expecting for them to show like the white light and then the Guardians deciding that they were going to choose green, like they did in the cartoon? Do you guys remember that? Because in the cartoon, they talked about the light and the source of all power, and they chose the most uh, stable one. I expected to see a little bit of that in this movie. They probably were thought, playing. It, they probably were playing it safe, just to, not to throw too many things out that throws. Yeah. Uh, to throw off the mythology, at least in. I mean, that stuff. I, if they're going to delve into it, they'll probably delve into it when the when the animated series starts. So even though they, yeah, because they, they they actually even related to this movie, related to the animated series, they kind of laid the groundwork for Atrocitus, even if they may not, they probably won't draw them the same way again. But they did lay the groundwork for Atrocitus. And being imprisoned in the five inversions and everything else, so they probably yeah. If they if they open the door that early in that animated feature, then it would it would open the door for other stories than the ones we got. And we what we wanted to see all along was stories of the Green Lantern Corps. I mean, as much as cool as it would have been to see other core stories, this is what we were all waiting for. So yeah, well, the what you call it the uh, the animated film, it's it's clearly. Like absolutely setting it up for like a Blackest Night animated film, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, like you don't tell Lara's story, you know. Like it's an okay story. Hers was not exactly one of the standout ones, but the the role that she plays in both Blackest Night and you know Rage of the Red Lanterns, it's True. you know it's one of those like like a stepping stone story. 
True. Um, and I, I feel like a, a few of the other stories that, that they told there, you know, were also stepping stone stories, you know, for Blackest Night. Mm-hmm. Ermy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. especially Evan Surge, clearly. <laughs> right. Um, actually, just when you mentioned Ember Knights, I was just thinking today, I think I preferred that to the live action film. <laughs> Because I was just thinking, if I if I was wanting to watch a Green Lantern film out of the tree that we have, I would watch Emerald Knights. I'd probably agree with that. Oh. You, know, you know what I think? Which is disappointing. A, an interesting, oh, an interesting little, uh, you know, tidbit is uh, you had Ryan Reynolds that uh, you know plays Green Lantern in the movie, and you have Nathan Fillion who plays Hal Jordan in the animated movie. And it wasn't that long ago when the two of them were starring together on the same show. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. I used to love that show. You know, the only redeeming quality as far as um, public perception of the Green Lantern movie in my eyes is the fact that yeah, we're the fans, and we know everything you know that we can know uh, about Green Lantern. But as, uh, of the people I've talked to who don't know much about the character, if anything at all, they all liked it. There's not a person I've met that saw the movie and said something bad about it. Um, my sister's boyfriend, who's well, I would say a mediocre comic fan, and he likes the movies, but he won't pick up a book. He he liked it better than Thor, and his sister Olivia, and she's she's a, like nineteen or something, real pretty girl, girly girl. She loved it, and not just because of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, a buddy of mine that went with us, um, he said DC finally did one right, and then I had to remind him about uh, the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight, <laughs> and Batman Begins, and he conceded that, but you know, he, he was very pleased with uh, with the movie. Uh, oh, what, other, what other combination is there? Uh, Jonah Hex? Uh, <laughs> the, the Superman movies? Superman Returns. Yeah. That god-awful piece of crap. <laughs> Catwoman. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> you want to go to bed? I don't think it gets much worse than that. <laughs> League of, thing. L- League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Watchmen? Yeah. Ooh, Le- League is Watchmen close. wasn't bad, though. Watchmen was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. League is close. Not as bad as Catwoman, but close. Yeah, Catwoman's <laughs> in a in a world of its own. Um, what you call it? Uh, yeah, to to change gears a little, uh, since we're gonna have to cycle through some some people soon. Um, Joe, uh, do you have any thoughts on the the upcoming reboot? You know what? Um, I'm still about a year behind, so I'm still in brightest day right now. But uh, as far as the reboot. Um, I'm still not sure how much they're going to... I don't even know how much they're going to change other than, I mean, a couple of uniform changes and... Because they're real... Are they going to change a lot of origins and whatnot, or...? I I doubt it. In interviews, um, Didio said, you know, the titles that are, were selling well are going to have hardly any changes. So the Green Lantern titles and the Batman titles, basically no changes. It's going to almost pick up right where it left off. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I I just think that it's, maybe they're just trying to get as many new readers as they can at once instead of breaking it up and 
you know, number one issues like they did back in the 90s over, like, I don't know how many years they did that, you know. But uh, hopefully, you know, they will get new listeners, and hopefully they can do it right. But it's another thing that I'm nervous about, so I think they it should be okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be fine. I mean, they've been doing a great – well, some great, some decent job with the book so far, and they're going to continue with just about the same writers anyway all the way through. So the question is, who is this new Lantern going to be? Probably Sinestro. I'm, so they're going to bring a new Green Lantern in, or is it going to be a new Colored Lantern? No, there's going to be a new Green Lantern for 2814. Uh, Spoilers. <laughs> it might be – it'd be cool if it was like – um, in the lineage of Abin Sur or something, like maybe one of, I don't know if his planet's been destroyed, I forgot about that, but it might if, be cool. It, if it, uh, but, I think, I think the only one is already a lantern, but I don't know how far you got, so I'm not say anything else. <laughs> if if oh, you, they really are picking a new lantern from 2814, the only person I would accept from Earth would be Jade, and that's it. I would be upset if they picked another person from Earth because from from what it looks like, it looks like all the regular human lanterns are staying. The ones that we have right now. So if they went up with another Earthling, it, it, the only way I would accept it is if it was Jade. Otherwise, it'd have to be an alien. Yeah, because Jade's been really working out well lately. <laughs> well, yeah, but this is a reboot. I mean, and, and besides, besides, Robinson's the one that's been handling that. It's his fault. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, um, so Joe, before we let you go, you're up to what, episode 50, 55? Yeah, like 55 right now. Now, are there any that, that stick out in your mind as especially good or especially bad for any reason? I can't think of any ones that are especially bad, but uh, like the one with Phil Lamar, clearly that's one of the all-star episodes. And yes. uh, <laughs> I really liked the uh, Super Show episode from 2010. That was pretty cool. And uh, I just listened to the Denny O'Neill. I've been kind of skipping ahead, you know, without the spoilers, the ones without spoilers. So I like the Denny O'Neill interview. And... Uh, I just like any time you guys just know raz each other, so keep doing that. <laughs> oh, oh, we will. <laughs> All right. How dare you give them the go-ahead to do that? Uh, I'll take the I'll take the responsibility. <laughs> okay, All right, you guys. Thanks for having me on, you guys, and uh, just I'm gonna keep listening. I'm only at 55, so I want to keep going well past 100. So thanks a lot, you guys. Thank, Thanks, thank you for listening. All right, you guys have a good one. Take care, Joe. Joe. All right. Bye, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, that, that Daniel Neal interview was really good, I have to say. I liked yeah, it. Well. Yes. Very short, but... Yeah, it was good. It was very good. He seemed like a really nice fellow, like, in general. He was. Uh, Corwin. Yes, sir. Since you're going to have to leave us next to uh, go spend time with the wife, do you have any fond memories or you know, horrendously bad memories from the Lantern cast? Because I, I actually remember one bad one, one particular bad one with you. With me? Yes. <laughs> no, that was a great <laughs> episode! <laughs> um, 
I think anything with Jason with Jason on, I really always have a good laugh and enjoy. <laughs> Especially I the bad one. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Especially when Jason tells a story. <laughs> yeah. And getting rid of bodies and scaring people, scaring the crap out of people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, with Corwin, um, as I think most people have heard, we we did the 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 drunk episode, oh, uh, second yes. best episode ever. Now that, that was really a good episode. That that was that takes the cake. I mean, second best episode ever. As far as yeah, I mean, like I thought the episode came out fantastic, and I was very sick afterwards. <laughs> but. The the downside to that whole situation, I mean, aside from the fact that I was sick for three days, was the fact that we recorded, like, a whole episode before that. The reason that we recorded a drunk episode was because we lost the sober episode we had recorded before that, and there's no <laughs> way that I could do that again sober. I don't... Oh, that is true. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Block out the traumatic events. <laughs> I forgot. So you were literally driven to drink. Yes. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yes. But no, that that drunk episode is definitely, you know, one one of the very fond memories I have. <clears throat> You're going to tell your kids about that episode how you stopped where you learned to stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I mean, ever since then, like, I refuse to drink that much. I, there's no way I could do it. <laughs> oh, All right, well, let me get off of here so you guys can get somebody back on. But uh, congratulations on the 100th episode. Uh, definitely, you guys know I love this show and I love all you guys. And I'm looking forward to the next 100 and whatever big things you guys are going to have planned for this relaunch. Let's just, let's, let's just don't renumber the podcast. Let's just keep it. <laughs> Volume two. Uh, we're only going to renumber when all of the podcasts that we have in general reach 200, like 30 episodes before the thing should reach 200. So that uh, way it'll make it seem like we have more episodes than we actually do. <laughs> You're going to go to 182? Oh, something like that. <laughs> okay, Corwin. All right, guys. Good night. Take care. Good night, Corwin. I'm going to try this one because this bum should be here, and he isn't. <laughs> what a punk. <laughs> Hey, I'm not here. Matter, my phone's just not on. Uh, leave a message. Oh wait, damn it! No, I'm gonna leave a message. <laughs> <laughs> At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. To leave a callback number, press five. Hello, Dan. Um. Right now, your voicemail is on 100th episode of the Lantern Cast, along with every other member of the Lantern Cast, as well as Mark Marble. Uh, Thank you. Say hi, everybody. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hey! Uh, (laughs) You're not here. Um, Trying (laughs) to get you on, but uh, 
it's not working. So uh, everybody's just going to have to be disappointed that Dan the, – the only time that Dan was able to make it on for episode 100 was the, the horrible audio <laughs> from uh, the first part. So, okay. Hopefully he'll get a kick out of that. <laughs> okay. Um, let's try for Alex. Yes. We uh, we talked about the movie. We talked about the relaunch, and we talked about any any positive or negative memories you have of the Lantern cast in general. So any any one of those three topics, if you have anything to say, go for it. I don't know. My favorite memory from the last nine episodes is still the baby in the fridge. When <laughs> he started going at baby in the fridge. My favorite. <laughs> that was a good one. I'll tell Lord about that one. <laughs> Comic gold. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, the relaunch. Do you have any, any thoughts on that whatsoever? Um, I'm just excited for it. Like, I don't know. It's just... I don't know. I'm just excited for it. Good. Cool. It's interesting to see the new lantern that's being introduced. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any guesses about who it will be? Sinestro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's what everyone seems to think, I think. Well, why would he be 2814, though? Unless they, unless the, the somehow the guardians are willing to overlook everything he's done, but 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 the little criteria that we can't give you your own sector back because we know what you did there, so we'll give you another one. Well, maybe. See, they have no they have no Mogo left to direct the rings, so they'll just go anywhere, and then they'll just assign him to two eight one four, and that'd be grand. Um, and, <laughs> and, and all the guardians will be off doing something else because they're infected by uh, what you call it, entities. Wait, who's uh, who's Naitu's uh, sector partner? Uh, I what's the name? Princess Ayalande or Ayalade or Isolde or whatever it is, something yeah. like that. Yes. Oh, okay. Hey Jim, it just popped up that Dan Kurtzky's online. Yes, yes, it did. Unless it's his mom again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're. If he can't be here, let's call his mom. Yeah. <laughs> right? Tell I've met his mom. She's very nice. Nope, nothing happening. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Dan's mom? <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on the movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should have an episode dedicated to? What's that? The Deeper. similarities between Green Lantern and Cap... Planet, you Mrs. Kurtzky, um, was Dan always a punk, even as a child? <laughs> punk. <laughs> uh, when Dan was five years old, would he have missed the hundredth episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so Alex, you got anything else that uh, you want to shout out or whatever? Actually, Jim, I have a question for you. Okay. 
Is the Lantern Cast still sponsoring? Is the Lantern Cast still sponsoring? As far still as sponsoring. Uh, Robo Silver? No. No, Robo Silver. Okay. Uh, what's that? What's that, Jason? I was just gonna say Robo Silver. They can't ship outside of uh, Mexico. Yeah. They got in a solo. Which is a good thing. The good thing I live in Texas. Although I got plenty of family in Mexico that I can take care of it. <laughs> if you guys want something bad enough, let me know. And then uh, I can have it shipped to someone, some family in Mexico, and then shipped out here to us. <laughs> They'll sneak it over the border for you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, knows, J- J- Jason knows licensed silver mules. <laughs> 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 I'm the coyote. <laughs> All he had on him were these silver rings. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't ask where they were hidden. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man. Wow. I carry this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, Alex, uh, I'm going to let you get going, and uh, we're going to get somebody else on. All right. Take care. You too. Have a good night, sir. Bye, Alex. Bye, Alex. Bye. <laughs> Way to put him on the spot, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so, we've talked about all these things. Now you talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know it would be nice. <laughs> if Dan was here, <laughs> I really hope his mother answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of these days, it would be just funnier if she if she picked up, and he just carried on for the whole episode with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we know you're not that into Green Lantern, so let's talk about pie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was something from Jason, and then he muted his mic. Was My work phone While we have silence and stuff to edit out, I've been reading, rereading the last few uh, books from Kyle's run, and I'm kind of disappointed they made Amon Sur such a whiny little brat in recent years, because he's kind of a badass. Yeah. I've never read any of the Kyle stuff, really. I don't, I don't have a very good recollection of that stuff, because near the end of the run... Um, I wasn't I wasn't that huge a fan of those particular stories. That was when uh, I think Ben Robb was writing it. Yep. Um, which he was fantastic on Green Arrow. It was the uh, I think Judd Winnick started writing Green Arrow for a little bit, and uh, Ben Robb started writing Green Lantern for a little bit. They switched roles, and I mean Judd Winnick on Green Arrow was okay. But Ben Robb on Green Lantern, like, I just was not feeling. Well, the art is fantastic. The art, yeah, the art was definitely good. But the it was, you know, the writing that didn't really catch my fancy, if you will. Well, these stories are kind of making me pissed off at Jade, though. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> Okay. Has any has anyone read the uh, the new Emerald Warriors that came out this week? No, I don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 
isn't it like uh, wait? Isn't this isn't it like part nine? No, it's the epi- no, no. It's, I... it's afterwards. It's like an epilogue. Not an, actually, it's not even an epilogue. It's basically a standalone story that has nothing to do with War of the Green Lanterns. Yeah, I read it again today. It's a, it's actually a good uh, issue, but it has nothing to do with anything at all. Like, oh, okay. So it doesn't ruin anything. No, nope. Yeah, it doesn't mention it at all. Okay. I'll read that soon. Okay, let's try get Eric on for his thoughts on the reboot and things. Hey, guys. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric, I got a question for you. Yeah? Now, with the Green Lantern, you know, restarting, uh, not the Green with the DC Universe restarting very soon, and no Flash book announced as of yet, what are your thoughts, you know, coming out of Flashpoint for the uh, the reboot? No, it's it. book from what I know of. Yes, we're getting by Magnapool and not by Brazilo, so there's one. There is a Flashbook? Yeah, yes. that's right. Jim, you don't know anything. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there goes my entire line of questioning. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts in general of the reboot then, Eric? Um, well, I will be buying more books. I will get fat, the four Langan books, Batman and Robin, and then I will cry out, God's Kids League, Firecom and Aquaman. So, it's increasing my birds. Well, that's that, That's good news for DC, uh, the DC head honchos. Yeah, but the fast bird worries me because Manipal and he has legs on the fast series from before. Right. Uh, have Have you been reading uh, the the Flashpoint series? Are they up to issue two yet? Yes. And I can't make sense of it. <laughs> well, well, Eric, if you, who are probably one of the biggest Flash fans that I know, can't make sense of Flashpoint, <laughs> what hope does anybody else have? <laughs> so what's going on with that? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea, Eric, because I, I didn't even realize that there was a second issue out yet. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Eric. Do you really do you think uh, Manipal can actually keep a, a, a timeline now? One, now that he's got the charge of the Flashbook. Well, I hope so. But here's one good thing about Manipal Wizard. Um, I think they'll be able to continue what Jeff Gunn's plans were for the book. Before it was canceled. Okay. But is that is that necessarily the best thing for that book? Considering that, I mean, it kind of kind of petered out a little near the end there. No, obviously not. I mean, the Green Lantern was delayed a bit, and it came back just normal schedule, and the the fast got behind. 
Yeah. I always think it's ironic that the book about the Flash it comes out late. That was good. And now, Eric, with uh, 100 episodes of The Lantern Cast, I know you've been listening for a while. Way back in episode 25, when we needed people to come on and, you know, help us celebrate, like, you were one of the very few people that was like, you know what, if you need me, I'll be there. And I I always appreciate that. So do you have any, like, you know, fond memories of The Lantern Cast since then? Not really, because... It's been so much, I can't single one out. <laughs> that, that's very nice, Eric. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And can I comment about the movie? Absolutely. Okay. And we can include spoilers, right? Yes, you can. Yep. Well, I guess the first thing is that Sinesco put the young wing on out of mo- more of curiosity, he really wasn't angry with the Guardians. Your sense kick a big throughout the movie, but he wasn't cool against them at any point. <laughs> Actually, it's it's funny you mention that because a couple of the other guys were, they brought up the exact same point as far as, you know, hopefully there will be some sort of explanation if they do a sequel. Yeah, because what was his motivation for bringing it on? The only thing that I could come up with is that the Guardians like specifically stated that the power of fear is more powerful. Like it, it has more blunt power than willpower. And, you know, for somebody that only wants to do the best job possible, you know, knowing that there is a power source out there, you know, that could give him a boost and get the job done even better, you know, that would make him curious about the ring. Uh, can you go back and forth between fear and willpower in the comments? Has, has that been done before? Because some people think it's a good sequel. Um, this... Sinesco might be a Green Lantern, and then what we saw was way down in the future. <laughs> That's exactly what the guys were saying also. Eric, you're way ahead of the curve on this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the only time they've ever done back and forth would be Guy Gardner, but I don't think that really counts. And in more recent issues of Green Lantern, Ganthan himself said if, if Hal wore the ring much longer, he wouldn't be able to go back. So I don't think it can be done, unless they do it with Sinestro and give some reasonable explanation for why. But Once you go yellow, you never go back. <laughs> I was, you know, I was thinking about that saying, and I'm like, once you go yellow, and I'm like, what, what the hell rhymes with yellow that could possibly <laughs> tie it into fear? Once you go yellow, you never go mellow. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I thought no, it was five. It doesn't make any sense. Once you go yellow, you have to learn how to play the cello. <laughs> once you go yellow, you'll never eat jello. <laughs> this reminds once, me once of you... the, red, the Red Lantern oath that I made up for Christian <laughs> as we were driving along. I couldn't once, remember once... the oath. 
Once you go yellow, you're one freaky fellow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now got a couple more things. I'm okay. get 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 and you want that how ice cream green? Yes. Okay. Because I got sound like a big awkward, but thinking about it today. And the other thing, I thought they would use more of Kilowog once it was announced Michael Clark Duncan was a voice actor, so I was highly disappointed in that. Well, isn't Michael Clark Duncan going to be reprising the role in the animated series? I have no idea. I mean, I could be completely wrong on this. Uh, that I could have heard that in a fever dream. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. But I'm pretty sure that he's going to be coming back to do the voice of Kilowog in the cartoon. Oh. Oh, well. That's good, then. You'll be copying. Yeah, you get to, you get to get, hear more uh, Michael Clark Duncan uh, giving, giving Hal Jordan some grief. Yeah. Okay, Eric. Um, you got any 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 last uh, shout outs that you wanna wanna make? No, but I think congratulations on episode one hundred. And I was also back up the Chicago Fast Acting Labs project. So it was nice to hear song for a little while. Uh, Eric, I'm gonna let you get going then. Okay, thank you. And we'll see you on the forums. Okay, I'm still picking get me. Okay. Have a good night, sir. Bye, Eric. Okay. Bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. Looks like I I am DB the animated series. It does look like Michael Clark Duncan is. I was that, doing is, the exact same thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, look at that. Tony Tony Todd <laughs> is the voice of Atrocitus. How about that? Wow. And he- like Robert. And Robert England is Hector Hammond. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. So Clark Duncan is is uh, Kilowog's voice. Yes. I don't know if I like that. I mean, I I, I like the, I, the the concept, but I don't know if I'd buy him coming off an animated cartoon. Am I the only one that feels like that? I mean, I liked him in the movie enough, but it was, there was something about his voice that. It, didn't completely suck me in as Kilowog. Don't get me wrong, I love the performance and everything, but something kept me out of that character. I don't now, think the animation on on Kilowog was that great in the film. That's what kind of ruined okay. it for me personally. I, I like I, I, I that's what I thought anyway. I don't know, but I know what you mean. The, the I thought because the animation I thought was off. That's why I didn't think it fitted the voice really. Okay. And like I mentioned last episode, I, I thought Tor Moray was a much more impressive character on screen than, than Kilowog was. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. Was, I was much more interested in finding out more about Tor Moray and having him buddy up with Hal and getting some... Just because, maybe just by nature of the script, Tor Moray was designed to be the the overly, the sympathetic one. He was like the good cop, as opposed to Sinestro and Kilowog being the bad cops. But I still thought Tor Moray was a much more... Um, he just was a much more likable character and much more relatable, I thought, than Kilowog. Did anybody read the uh, Tomar Ray prequel, movie prequel book? Nope. Yeah. I really liked that that tie-in in the movie. That was really cool. Yeah, that was that was the best of the preview books. That was the one. That was, seemed to be the only one that actually made sense to the film. 
Yeah. That's always good. Yeah, Jim, if you haven't picked any of them up, at least pick up the Tom Hooray one. It'll make the beginning of the movie pretty cool. Yeah. Nuts to you, man. Nuts to you. <laughs> I'll send them to you if you want. Nah, I'll probably read them eventually. It's going to be a trade paperback of all of them. Maybe I'll just get that. Yeah, don't. I'll send them to you if you want. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> They're that bad. He obviously wants them out of the house, Jim. <laughs> uh, let me try this. Also. Hey, I'm not here. That or my phone's just not on. Uh, leave a message. At the tone, please record your message. Hey, Dan. Yeah, it's uh, still one episode 100. Um, thanks to <laughs> the amazing talents of Jason, we just finished our interview with uh, Jeff Johns. <laughs> it was such an awesome interview. It really was. Um, after we get off the phone with you, we're going to call up Alan Moore. <laughs> uh, it's it's probably going to be like the, the greatest moment in, in all of our podcasting history um, it's a shame and then we got uh, Ryan Reynolds lined up and Jack and, Kirby that's, and a really, that's a real exclusive yeah yeah. Mark's got this device that allows you to communicate <laughs> with the dead over Skype <laughs> so yeah it's I mean, the blackest Skype that's right <laughs> Yeah, so you're really missing out on a fantastic episode. I uh, just want to let you know that. Um, maybe you'll make it on before we get done. Probably not, though. Night. Okay. Jack Kirby. <laughs> Jack Kirby. Good one, Mark. I, I thought it was pretty good. It just hit me. It's like, who, I've been throwing out names. It's like, okay, I need somebody really good with comics who's dead. Oh, Jack <laughs> Oh, very good. Okay. Oh. So, Mark. Yes. Um, I mean, I know you kind of commented on all the the major topics we were talking about. Do you have any fond memories or horrendously bad memories from the Lantern Cast episode? You know, hundred episodes plus. I can't talk more about the movie. <laughs> there are some things I I wanted to say. Oh God. But I'll let it go. Uh. <laughs> it's okay. Uh. I certainly have no negative memories of the Lantern cast. I do have very fond memories, certainly of the first time you guys brought me on, you and Dan, when we talked about the uh, talked about the game, the Facebook game, which is now kaput. Uh, <laughs> may rest in peace. Uh, it's hard to pick just one. I mean, the, obviously the drunk episode does stand out, as as it was mentioned. It's kind of hard not to kind of hard not to remember that one. Whoa! Oh Jesus! Monster just ate Jason. Someone else's truck. They just fell down. <laughs> you okay? Oh, I hit my head. Sorry. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Don't worry. My skull broke my fall. <laughs> J- Jason, Jason is such a big person that when he falls and hits his head and gets knocked out, when he tells the story to you, you won't remember. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so, okay, Mark, did you actually have anything additional to talk about with the movie? 
Well, there there are a few things that did bug me that we never got to talk to talk about last week because of the fact that they were, I guess, they were they were, they were borderline. They were borderline, I guess, spoilers okay. for the movie. Uh, it was debatable. Uh, we talked about the Sinestro thing, which was kind of big for me because that's one of the things where you know I did enjoy the scene, but it it really didn't fit into the context of of what was going on. Uh, I did one of the things that bugged me. It bugged me that they did so little with the Guardians. I they looked fine, but it's like the amount of time they were on the screen, and they did they didn't do much of an effort to really distinguish one from the other. And you would have figured at least Ganthet they would have done something to distinguish him from because he's kind of other than other than good old Nutty Krona, he's probably the most important gar- guardian there is. Uh, they did kind of have, they did give I th- they give Sade her moment because she was the one who was kind of showing some sympathy towards Hal Jordan. And, when he was pleading his case, but yeah, it kind of. Bo- I thought that they didn't do en- they didn't do enough with the guardians. I thought, and they didn't, uh, and at least, and maybe I'm just, and maybe this is just uh, prejudice on my part because I know when I like wrote my Green Lantern scripts, Ganthe was a pretty important character, and he was he was very important because he's very important in the comic books, and and they just did, they at least did a decent job at making the Guardians look like complete asses to start with. I mean, they showed, they kind of gave you the hints that they probably that they are, but they they downplayed it a little bit. They seemed to make it sound like, oh, we had the your best interests at heart, but that's why we didn't bother tell, telling you the stuff. Which is why I think the Manhunters would be really good to use in the second one because there's another little thing from their closet that they would, oops, oh by the way, <laughs> you guys weren't the first, you know, so we tried something first and it didn't quite take. Now go now now go stop them. And I'm just trying to think if there was anything else. I think I think we pretty much did cover everything. We talked about Parallax. I think they would have been – I didn't – yeah, I didn't really like the whole Krona-Parallax combination. I thought that was kind of weak on multiple levels. I thought it was – it took away from the potential if they wanted to go the route of an Emerald uh, t- Twilight potential with Hal. You know, by doing what they did with Parallax, they certainly lessened the chances of that. But I also don't think they really want to. They start, from my point of view, if you start out with Sinestro being a good guy, and, and that's the way you, and you basically show his fall, it's kind of hard to do the same thing with Hal because that would take a lot of movies to do. If you started with Sinestro kind of being bad, then you get his backstory, then maybe it would make sense to see you kind of, for them to try, kind of turn Hal. But that, but they probably weren't going that way anyway. So, but losing Krona was kind of big because you could have done a lot of things with Krona. Could have, I mean, Krona could have just showed up as a guardian. He could have showed up as entropy. There's a lot of different things they could have done with Krona, and who knows? Maybe they still will work out. You know, they'll figure out a way to do it. But other than that, you know, those were my those were my other thoughts in the movie. I, I still like it. Still annoys the hell out of me that the reviews are as bad as it is, and it's not doing well at the box office. But and that's that's pretty much it regarding the movie. Uh, I certainly want to congratulate you guys on doing a great job for 100 episodes, and I feel very lucky that you have me on, and I've been part of several episodes, and I certainly enjoy listening to all of them, and you guys do a great job, all of you, James, Jason, Chad, all of you, Dan, of course, too, wherever he may be. (laughs) God rest his soul. Uh, (laughs) He and Jack Kirby. But God rest his soul, boot up the machine, and we'll get in contact with him. Maybe Jack Kirby knows where he is. Maybe get Alan Moore rings. knows where he is. Get the black rings on. Uh, so that's pretty much it from my point of view. Awesome. 
now, um, since I was going to bring something up, but the the art book, the uh, from page to screen, I believe it's called. Yes. Um, has anybody else picked that book up? Yeah, I have it. You have it. So you know, like you saw the character designs for all the other Guardians. Yes. Which they did not focus on. Yes. <laughs> I like the first time around. I thought, okay, well maybe I missed it. But by the second time, it's like, now they just aren't showing them. But yeah, they they really. Yeah, I was really. I mean, you knew, but you kind of suspected they weren't going to do too much with the Guardians. But I I really was surprised that if you were going to have, at the very least, you you would have to have Ganth have a, have a little more involvement in the movie. I mean, I, I was just because he's so important to the mythology, and he's the one guardian that, at the end of the day, you know, isn't a jerk. And I mean, they put Satan on purpose, I think, to be another one who isn't. But yeah, that didn't. That was something that did disappoint me. But I, but I loved. I when I got the book, I just loved the design of that ring, the Sinestro Core ring. That was just that was great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my only problem with the Guardians in that movie was I still don't understand why they made the ring. I mean, I, I from a story plot, I, I get it. But as I, the Guardians I know, even as big a dicks as they are wouldn't make that ring you know i didn't i just didn't buy it well i think they were probably setting up these guardians to be not as 100 percent anti-emotion maybe as the guardians that are in the comic books i mean they certainly were they got all offended when hal basically accused them of being afraid of being afraid uh but they didn't see they seemed a lot more stoic about it and they seemed a little more able to think as much as the guardians can think outside the box at least a little bit, and I think related to, I think uh, they weren't so anti-emotional spectrum as they were as they are in the comic book. So I think that might be the X. Ex- and plus, they probably they probably maybe as a plot point they use that as a catalyst because they try tapping into for a good reason. They try tapping into a negative emotion, and then eventually we see what, where it leads because it corrupt you know Sinestro. It ends up corrupting Sinestro, who was their best. So that might harden their stance against the other emotions in the spectrum. Okay, um, Mark, I'm going to let you get going. Okie doke. Uh, thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all the kind words. We we love having you on. It's uh, it's always fun. Well, thank you. I love yeah, being... I always, I always enjoy talking to you, buddy. Like talking to you too, Chad. Uh, and uh, <laughs> people will hear more from us soon from uh, from John's podcast. <laughs> this is true. That was fun too. Yes, it was. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. No spoilers. <laughs> yes. uh, so take care, Mark. All right, take it easy, guys. Have a good evening, sir. Bye. And then there were four. <laughs> I was just looking back through the list of episodes on like iTunes. Yeah. And I just noticed uh, the uh, the Novacast episode. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. What you call it? Uh, Dan and I actually uh, had like pretty pretty well laid out plans to continue that as uh um like an actual like quarterly podcast. Oh really? Yeah, but as you can tell since we passed the first quarter of the year <laughs> and you, you got no episode of the Novacast. Yeah. Okay. All right, so has anybody anybody here not said something about the uh, favorite liner and cast moments? Um, for me, my favorite Lantern Cast moments were actually, uh, 
last year's Super Show and this year's Super Show. Um, I just enjoyed, you know, hanging out. I enjoy, I enjoyed meeting everybody. Uh, sorry, James, you know, President yeah. excluded on that, you know, <laughs> maybe next year. But, you know, I, I enjoy hanging out with you guys. Um, I do consider you guys my friends. And uh, I have a lot of fun. And, you know, it's kind of like just like a little family reunion. And it was cool this year to uh, bring the boy with me. And so he could uh, partake in the festivities. And, I mean, while Third and Spruce is a lot of fun in general, you know, just to meet everybody else, I, I had an absolute blast just hanging out with uh, you guys, you know. And it was just fun. Because I don't yeah, really... I gotta... Go ahead. I got I to gotta say on that note, it was one of my favorite moments, and I didn't really think about it until, you know, a few weeks later, was I realized how, how enjoyable it was just to sit in a hotel room and trade comics back and forth and read. <laughs> I mean, that was, I mean, just something simple like that, like reading in the same room, was, reading some comics in the same room with some friends and going back and forth, that was cool. Yep. Oh, God, I haven't done that since I was, like, 13. <laughs> See, me and the boy do it all the time. I just came home yesterday with five or six different comics, and I'm like, dude, what do you want to read first? Oh, no, no, no I'm reading that one first. Sorry, dude, you got to wait. <laughs> and then, you know, we got Emerald Warriors, and he doesn't care about spoilers or any of that crap, but I'm like, okay, you read it, and then tell me if I'm allowed to read it, or do I have to <laughs> wait for the end? Uh, <laughs> so he's like my little guinea pig out there for that kind of stuff. <laughs> And don't don't let it you know don't let his posts on the uh, the forums get it twisted. He is well compensated with toys and acts <laughs> like I'm going to take away his freaking anti monitor and shit. Like you know he doesn't get all kinds of crap. You know I need a parallax piece so he gets the toy. I, all I want is the, the arm or the leg or whatever. And he gets the whole freaking toy and then he's going to come and cry about freaking the anti monitor. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's getting to that age where he's learning how to work the pity angle very well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gee, my dad only buys me everything I want when it comes to toys. <laughs> oh, poor me, poor me. He might take one of them away from me. Oh. <laughs> but then in my closet, I mean, he's got to work it off later on, but in my closet, I have the Larflee's bust. $70 freaking bust. He's got to work it off. I mean, it's not something you just get handed to you, but poor me, poor, right, Christian? Poor me, poor <laughs> me, my life sucks, oh. Never said that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but when you go on there with the freaking, oh my, and he's so serious. He's talking about taking my anti-monitor. Who pays for the goddamn anti-monitor? I pay for the damn anti-monitor. And he's not moving out for another few years, so it's in the same damn house. I know, fine. <laughs> He's just shaking his head. <laughs> By authority of the mystic guardians of the universe, on the far distant planet Oa, Al Jordan test pilot becomes the Green Lantern, a cosmic crusader whose magical power ring at his bidding accomplishes the impossible. Continuing fight against interplanetary evil. Green Lantern, Guardian of the Galaxy. Hey everyone, this is James here. Uh, we have a little bit of a 
different ending to the show than what we had originally planned. Originally we recorded a little bit of chat between the rest of us talking about our favourite moments in uh, the first hundred episodes of the Lantern cast. But unfortunately Jim's computer decided to explode or something. I don't know what happened. But the ending didn't get recorded. Aww. But so instead we decided to individually record our own kind of thoughts on the stuff that we've enjoyed. So this is me just kind of introducing all those bits and first up I think we have Chad saying all the stuff that he's enjoyed so here we go hey y'all this is Chad leaving a message because uh, Jim's recording software sucks so um, we lost a big part of the the episode Um, fortunately it wasn't any of our guest speakers it was just uh Let's talk about the show. So what we're doing is we're leaving a message on the voicemail, and we I have no idea how long this is going to take. Maybe it's like CGS and you only have three minutes, so I better shut up and talk. Um, my favorite moments from the Lantern cast, obviously I really enjoyed the uh, Denny O'Neill interview we had. Um, yeah, I set it up and all that stuff, but my, my main reason for liking that is because yeah, the, the documentary never went through, and although I still hold out hope that someday it will, you know, the chances are it might not happen. So just getting to talk to Denny and uh, getting it out there to the masses is, is something I'm very happy we got a chance to do. Uh, other than that, my favorite moments from the Lantern cast, you know, it's every episode. It's the reason I'm a co-host now, it's because I uh, paid attention and double-checked and triple-listened and all this other kind of stuff um, every episode of the show. And, and uh, the you know, Jim and Dan have a, a nice repertoire going. They don't always agree on everything, but that's part of the reason it's enjoyable. Jim, great guy, obviously a, a great husband to, to Lauren. And uh, he's a, he, he tries and he sets aside time. Uh, for the show and for us, so can't ask for more than that. Um, excuse me, I'm out of breath. I'm uh, walking from my sister's place to mine uh, middle of the night, just kind of chilling. Um, Dan, also another great guy. Um, he's a really caring individual. Uh, you meet him in person, he's, you know, he, you can tell he's really listening. He's He's hanging back and letting you say what you what you want to say before he jumps in and he's thinking about everything. But he he cares about the show and he really cares about the listeners and he's always trying to come up with new ways for us to uh, to give y'all something that's worth listening to. Um, he's a great great guy and uh, I think it speaks a lot to the character of everyone involved with the show that. Um, Jason is so attached to all the goings on on the Lantern cast. The fact that we have someone like him, even if he wasn't involved in the show, the fact that he, we have a, such a great father figure. Um, all right, it's official. The voicemail only has a three-minute time limit, just like CGS. So obviously we're using the same program. So I got cut off, so um, I was on Jason. Jason, the fact that uh, the show attracts even one listener of your caliber of character 
speaks to the quality of the show as a whole. And um, you've done a lot for the show. You've done a lot for me. You do a lot for your family and yourself. And, uh, you know, people, that's why people like us, everyone involved with uh, CGS, that's why. That's why someone like uh, Sean Pryor, that's why all these people have so much respect for a guy like Jason. Um, James, you know, we all have a um, high amount of respect for you. And um, we say as much as we can about the kind of person you are. And we say, we say things like, without you, the show wouldn't be what it is now. But that, the small thing, but it says a lot, guy. Dude, you, uh, you, um, complete us. No, nah, man, you just, uh, <clears throat> God, it's a really long walk. Um, and I'm in Texas, so it's really hot outside, even at night. Um, it's just awesome, dude. You, uh, you edit our shows. You get them out back to back to back really quickly. So there's more and more content out there and available for us to, uh, give to the listeners. Um, I don't know what else to say, guys. A hundred episodes. It was obvious from the get-go you guys would get here. And uh, look how much the show has changed since then. Just um, all around good. Well, I, don't re- I, really, I really don't know what to say. As, as a participant in the show, it's hard to pick a favorite moment because it's, you know, it, just, it just is. You know, it's different. It's different being a... a uh, Participant, you know, I'm, I still feel like I'm a listener, but um, and speaking speaking of listeners, let me go ahead and get it out before I'm cut off again. The listeners, you guys are awesome. I don't know why I'm a little lightheaded. I don't think I've because uh, I haven't uh, eaten anything in a few hours or drank any water. I'm going to go ahead and get on that when I get home. Um, guys, listeners, without you guys, this show seriously would not exist. Um, you know, it's, it's just like any other public media, um, whether it's uh, a YouTube account, you know, who does a vlog or a blogger or, um, just any other kind of social media content. If there was no interest, it would eventually fade away. And then terms of a podcast we would have pod fatted long ago and uh we haven't because there still maintains an interest in what's going on um you know it's it's um we do this for you guys it's it's not uh yeah you know we would all probably still talk but it wouldn't be recorded and it wouldn't be out there we wouldn't uh you know it just it just the show wouldn't exist and, you know, in a specific group of listeners, the, the Forumites, you guys, um, you give us something to talk about. You know, the, sh- the show isn't available every day. So the show continues on the forums. Topics get talked about there that don't get talked about on the uh, podcast. And uh, the day-to-day goings-on at DC and with Jeff Johns and all the kind of stuff that goes uh, in the comic community, we, we get talked about and 
interact in different opinions over on the forums and wouldn't be uh wouldn't be what it is without you guys. And last but not least, thanks to CGS because as Jim has said multiple times, without CGS there would be no Lantern Cast and there would be no Lantern Cast forums either, you know? So it's it's because of all these these things that the show um is has reached a hundred episodes. And I feel very privileged to be a part of it. It's uh recording is something I look forward to these days because there's so much stress in my day to day life that just sitting down and talking about something simple like a comic book is exactly what I need. Alright, that's it. I'm gonna let the other guys talk for a little while. You know, leave multiple voicemails just to try and get a message across. But uh, that's it. I really appreciate the Lantern Cast and everybody listening. On to the next person. Peace. Okay, thanks to Chad for that. And now here is Dan. Hey, everybody, it's Dan. I actually would have called the voicemail line, except Jim's never actually said what the new number is. Like, it's 708 Lantern, whatever. Give me numbers, damn you. Uh, anyway, a hundred episodes, kind of, yeah, 120-something, I think it, what, what, whatever, whatever, hundred episodes, milestone, that's what we're here about. Uh, you, you know, I know the other guys are going to have a lot more to say about this than I am, just because, I mean, you know me by now with, with, like, anniversary numbering, numbered things like like you know to me like an issue 50 is just as special as an issue 49 or 51 and you know likewise to me episode 100 is just as special as 99 or 101 you know it's it's not to take away from 100 that just means to me they're all great well they're not all great let's face it our show jesus christ (laughs) um but no i mean I I tried getting this across in the recording, but, you know, I don't know what ended up being usable, but, um, you know, this, it's been something like three years now, and a hundred plus episodes, and that is a lot of time, and a lot of opportunities to have to just discuss my favorite thing with other people who... You know, it's it's one of their favorite things, too, and they're just as passionate about it as I am. And the conversations can go as in-depth and extensive as we want them to go. And, you know, that's something I haven't really had before this. And I definitely appreciate it. And, and I feel lucky to have had it. <laughs> um, it's so weird. It's... It doesn't feel like every time we hit like a milestone thing, it doesn't feel like we've come that far, just because it doesn't feel like it's been. It, uh, how how? Let me see. What was the first date? Hang on. What was the, when did we start this thing? Two thousand eight. Huh. Oh, okay. November two thousand eight. So that would be. Yeah. Yeah. No. Coming up on three years. Yeah. Wow. And it doesn't feel like it's been three years. You know. It's. It's just, you know, at this point, it just feels like something that we've always been doing. And, and you know, I don't... I, I struggle to come up with a particular episode or moment or anything that, that really strikes a chord or stands out. Because to me, like, 
this this as a body of work for lack of a better phrase just exist together as this one big whole and it's uh it's it's something that in addition to everything else i've said it's it's, it's the real power of podcasting is i have friends now that i wouldn't have if not for this show and i'm not just talking about about you know jim and chad and jason and james and lauren hi lauren you better end up on this recording in some manner. <laughs> but everybody on the forums and everybody who stopped by to, to see us at conventions and everybody who who doesn't chime in on the forums but responds to our Facebook page. Just everybody. You know, I'm not going to sit here and list all of you because this episode is going to be long already. But, you know, just thank you guys for everything. And more of you go onto our forums and talk, damn it. <laughs> Alright, I think that's it for my rambliness. Just everybody, thank you for everything. Okay, and last of all, let's hear what Jim has to say. Hi again, everyone. This is Jim again. I am currently recording in my car in a parking lot on my phone uh, because we know how well... Uh, it, it works out when we go when we try to record with it and uh in, in a parking lot because uh it, it would seem that most of our you know major episodes include somebody calling in from a parking lot of some sort so uh here i am episode 100 it's uh coming to a close now and uh this is us i guess giving our thoughts so a hundred well, more than a hundred episodes, really, but you know, a hundred episodes. We've been doing this for over two and a half years, and the the best part about it is just all the people, you know, all the friends that I've made through this podcast. You know, the the listeners they they they've taught us, you know, so much more about Green Lantern, also the all the emails that we get and voicemails correcting us is. It's always fun because it means that people are listening and that they actually care. And and like I said, so many friends. I mean, you know, right now I have a friend in Vegas and a friend in Texas. <laughs> and it just it's crazy. And I've met both of them because of the podcast. It's really cool. It's been a blast doing the podcast. Getting to talk to people about comics it's not something that I actually had like for a while you know I listened to podcasts myself you know before doing the lantern cast and it's nice but to actually be able to participate in the conversation is great and and that's one of the reasons why I love the forum so much because everybody can take part you know you may not be talking face to face but you know the discussion is there so that's really great. The podcast, as far as favorite episodes, any time that we interviewed somebody having to do with Green Lantern, like those those parts are always so much fun. Afterwards, you come away with like a new respect for these people that took part, from Phil Lamar, you know, even to Howard Chaikin. <laughs> Some people may chuckle at that, but you know, I. I I love that interview. I thought that 
he was very gracious for doing it and uh that it was a lot of fun and uh yeah the drunk episode it was it was a lot of fun to listen to afterwards for me but my god the the pain that it caused there there's no way that I could do another drunk episode maybe a buzzed episode but never again a drunk episode yeah so you know in closing you know I just want to take a moment to thank you know all the other guys on the cast James especially for editing this this podcast it's you know he's he keeps it running basically he he's the one that just I don't know I can't even put it into words if it wasn't for James you know putting in the amount of time and effort to edit this podcast I don't even know uh and, and you know Chad and Jason I mean the things that you guys have done for the cast the the interviews that both of you have gotten for the cast it's you know it's really fantastic the the dedication that you guys have and Dan hey Dan <laughs> no it's it's always it's always fun talking to Dan you know I've I've said in the past and I'll I'll reiterate one of the best things about doing the podcast with Dan is that we we are so opposite when it comes to certain things that when you're talking about something like Green Lantern you know we can both actually have a discussion and you know can sometimes argue about things that you know you wouldn't even think you would be able to argue about you know I think I think I, I use the statement, it's like, well, I, I think this is the shade of green. It's like, well, no, I think it's green, but for this reason. So it, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. So those are my thoughts for episode 100. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, we'll see you online. Okay, uh, that's about it for the episode now. I just want to say, um, for, for me... And my favourite moments on the show, well, not my favourite moments even, just my favourite thing about the whole show is the fact that I get to be involved with, which was, when I first came across the show, it was just, uh, I just thought it was really good, and I really enjoyed it, and then when I got the opportunity to be involved with it, it made me, made me pretty happy, I enjoy it. So thanks to everyone on the show who, kind of, everyone who's involved and who produces such a great little show. That I get to listen to, and I get to listen to before everyone else. That's a perk that I enjoy very much. Um, and of course, thanks to the listeners who who have been listening, uh, and who haven't given out about how horrible my editing is. <laughs> so yeah, thanks to everyone who's been listening for a hundred episodes. Uh, I'm just looking forward to another hundred episodes. Which, even though I haven't been involved in a hundred of them, I've been involved for about fifty. But I'm going to be involved in the next hundred somehow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so go to lanterncast.com, uh, check out the website, subscribe in iTunes, uh, leave a rating on iTunes, we need some rating. Nobody leaves a rating anymore, uh, but only leave a good rating, no bad ratings allowed. At lanterncast.com you'll find links to Twitter and Facebook and the voicemail, which is 708lantern, I do believe. I don't have the numbers on hand for the benefit of Dan, but yeah, you can email us at lanterncast at gmail.com, or anybody's name... That's uh, Jim, Dan, Jason, James, or Chad at lanterncast.com. 
for all our individual needs and uh, go to the forum go to the comicforums.com scroll on down find the L for Lantern cast and click in there and there we are come in and say hello and say well done on 100 episodes get them out faster in the future <laughs> um, but yeah thanks for watching thanks for watching thanks for listening everybody I'd be impressed if you were watching but thanks for listening and we'll see y'all in the next episode I'm so excited my nipples are exploding. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it records everything, and, uh, you know, since James edits them, he hears, like, a lot of, like, you know, confidential information. So he's actually been blackmailing me for the past uh, year. Oh, go James. <laughs> yeah. Every Saturday I have to wear a, uh, a squid hat. <laughs> Doesn't make much sense, but, you know... And do your Irish accent? <laughs> no, no, he actually makes me not do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My Jamaican, Jamaican Irish accent. Yes. <laughs> That's that. Uh, John, did you want to say anything else as I cut you off? <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> wow. Uh awesome um mm. is dan on for anybody else negative okay i i don't see mr gland anywhere okay he's not friends with me <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome let me get this straight the internet's scared of jason and sean is too cool for someone's router is that about right <laughs> what is that what well, the last time I heard Sean on the show, he was too cool for uh, somebody's router. Uh, that that uh, wouldn't be surprising. Corwin. Wouldn't... Corwin. Oh, okay. Oh, Corwin that's City. right. Yeah. That's, that's right. somebody remembered so I don't sound like a retard. No, no, no. You're, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> everybody doing good, though? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Pretty good. Yep. Well, good. I'm hanging in, but I'm almost out of rum, so that... It's a whole other issue, but oh, that just mean, that just means you go get more rum. <laughs> talk, boy. Talk. <laughs> You're sitting right here. Talk. Get your butt over oh, there. There. Say something nice. Ow! Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Ow! Don't hurt me. Am I still being hazed? Am I still in the hazing process here? <laughs> You'll never stop getting hazed. Uh, there is yeah, never really. an end to the yeah. hazing period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, You've been tagged, sir. And it's, yeah, they were going to haze me, then I sent them a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was yes. sufficiently hazed while sharing a room with uh, Jason at Super Show. <laughs> <laughs> I might snore a little bit, I've been told. Oh, and uh, just throwing it out there, because 
since I was on the other night, if we do start having bandwidth issues or Skype issues, I will gladly bow out because everybody else is uh, new, it seems. So. It looks good. Yeah, it looks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was just figuring on randomly, like, disconnecting people as I see fit. <laughs> That'll work, too. Yeah, James will be like, well, you know, it's nice talking to you. Bye. Click. click. <laughs> it's not looking good for you, Mark. <laughs> Oops. Uh, okay, so... Oh, boy. We'll do this in the order of... <laughs> your, the first letter of your name. So we'll go. Oh, <laughs> How many fucking J's do we have on here? <laughs> first letter, first name, or first Actually, letter, last name? First name. Uh, okay. I say, okay. We have how many JAs? Okay, listen. It's good. This is the order, so make sure that you're paying attention to the person that came before you. <laughs> it's like school all over again. <laughs> okay. We're starting off with Alex, then Chad, then Eric, then Jacob, then James. Then Jason, then Joseph, then Mark, then Matt, <laughs> then Sean, and because his name didn't show up on here, then Christian. Okay, so that was... just have uh, the boy go out after me? <laughs> um, yeah, we could do that too. So Joseph, be listening for Christian. Okay. Okay? All right. That was Alex, Chad, uh, Eric, <laughs> and, um, okay, I got J-A-C, then James, and then I got Jason slash Christian, Joseph, Mark, and after Mark, what was it? Was it me or was it, um, I, I missed, I missed the person between Mark and myself. After Mark, it's Matt, and then Matt, okay. Gotcha. See, like, the phone was ringing in the background, so I thought you said Pat, and I was like, who the hell is Pat? <laughs> <laughs> Pat's my mom, and I'll thank you not to cry. <laughs> <laughs> James, James is not here. Uh. How did that happen? James? <laughs> As if yelling louder will get him off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever done, ever. <laughs> Tremor in the force. <laughs> I'm trying to use a Vulcan mind meld. <laughs> You're out of your Vulcan mind. <laughs> Uh, maybe Is the connection bad? I can switch over. Yeah, it's it's not great. It kind of sounds like you're riding Mr. Toad's wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that some kind of innuendo? <laughs> I was I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Come here, Mr. Toad. <laughs> Sounds like he's riding Mr. Toad's wild ride. <laughs> you catch my drift. Why are you laughing, Christian? It's funny. <laughs> How long is this whole episode going to be in the end? Hours. A <laughs> hundred. <laughs> hours. I am not editing a hundred hours. <laughs> uh, volume five. <laughs> We're just going to be putting out episode 100 for the next year. <laughs> Until 200, right? Then the box set. Yeah. Um, the director's cut like Lord of the Rings.
Jason? Yep. <laughs> Jason, your mic just spontaneously went staticky. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> did you start a fire right beside the microphone? <laughs> hey, Chad, did I mention I got to hug Mindy, too? I'm sorry, my phone cut out. What? <laughs> I-, I got a hug from Mindy as well. I don't know what's wrong with my phone. I can't hear anything. (laughs) (laughs) We had Mindy on for two episodes in a row. She is very cool. She is very cool. Um, She she sounded like she was racing cars as well in episode 99. (laughs) I know. It did sound like 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 it was like a tornado around her, but she said there was no wind. Yeah. I know. It was weird. She must have the same microphone that Jason has. 